Welcome back to the Character Corner with your hosts, Chris and Deepom here. We're back with another Character Corner. Uh, this is going on. We are one of our... We said we, we said this a couple months ago. We were going to uh, not stop doing uh, actual individual characters. Um, obviously, the last couple of months we've been doing... Uh, we did the... ID, uh, Deepom did the IDW one with Charles from... Uh, so the Transmission Podcast. We also uh, did our... We dropped a comic book, book club for... Um, Last end on the records, and we we've been saying we wanted to kind of mix it up a little bit, uh, particularly in like in, in months in between movies and and, and big character reveals. Um, and uh, we're doing one very special right one today, where we um we uh we've talked about these characters for a while. Um, they're coming. H- has that Dan Slot issue dropped yet, or is it August eighth? August not 8th. like counting the days. Right, right, right. So we're we're doing we're doing Hickman's Fantastic Four run. So we're gonna be talking about the Fantastic Four. And I'm really fun about. I'm really glad we're doing this one because we've kind of danced around this run for a while. We've done. We've talked a little bit about it when we talked about Doom. We did a little bit of it when we um, talked about Black Panther. We did it when we were doing. The, if you listen to us on the combo book clubs for the premium shows, we definitely talked a little bit about this when we did uh, New Avengers and Secret Secret Wars. So, um, but this is our first time actually diving in and jumping in with these characters and. With him, oh shit! I mean, we also did uh, Secret Warriors, which I think we're going to probably revisit next month. I'm thinking we're going to revisit that in Shield, because we never talked about the original Shield thing, and that ties in very, very well with um, this Fantastic Four stuff as well. So before we get, before we get started, yeah. I want to say something. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people come to us and say, "Oh, you guys, you know, always being critical eye to the things." You know, this is not going to be a hear both sides podcast. Oh no! There's, I mean, there is no other side. <laughs> This is a celebration of Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four run. And if you're here for, like, quote-unquote both sides, sorry, guys. Like, I'm about to party for however long it takes. It's so funny. So, a little behind the scenes, Chris and I have a pretty full day of podcasting in front of us. And the opening email was Fantastic Four in our second topic, which we'll talk about later. And he said two hours. And all I could think of myself was, I really hope we have time for the second thing. That's why I said earlier when I was talking to you, I was like, I mean, if you want to delay that second one, we can. So we'll play by ear. We might only be doing one. Two hours is fine. Like We can definitely do it. I'm just like, I want to make sure I can let this Fantastic Four on three. Yeah, yeah. Again, I was thinking about that earlier today. I looked at it. I was like, oh, wait, we do have to do an Ant-Man and Wasp thing with Shannon later on. Oh, maybe we can do Lost Light later on. I mean, I don't. I guess, that's great too. Don't get me wrong. I'm a, I'm a party with Lost Light as well with you. Oh yeah. But oh, um, yeah. I was like, oh, we can let that one breathe for a little bit. I got enough premium stuff until I get back from San Diego. Like, dangerous, like arrest on the Hickman shit. Like I, I'm not saying that he's a warlock. I what I am saying that the man made the man better than anyone I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, well, well, okay. Cause I, I, I'm, let's come back to this. Were there any new reviews, real quick? I'll let you. Uh, all right, cool, cool. So we can we can do this because I did want to start off talking about just it, it, from the top level, Jonathan Hickman to begin with, and what he did because we're gonna be talking about this Fantastic Four run. But I really thought about it afterwards, and that's why I said we'll probably go back and revisit Secret Warriors and definitely do Shield because now that the Shield run has ended, uh, they fin- he finally finished it uh, recently. Yeah, Ultimate run too, right? And then there's the Ultimate stuff as well. Like I kind of wanted to because I, I think that first of all going back another thing that you said earlier I, I didn't know there were people who didn't like Hickman's Fantastic Four run and those people were just wrong 
So I just want to get that out of the way on our record. You, you're just you wrong. Know, and you're allowed to be wrong. Let's be real about that. Yeah. You're allowed to be having a bad opinion. That's no, no, we're not going to arrest you with the opinion yes. police. But just know that you're wrong. Yeah, yeah, you're wrong. I mean, like, you're allowed to believe that the earth is flat. I mean, you're fucking wrong and an idiot. But you're allowed to have that belief. We are not the Gestapo here. We are not going to stop you from being able to have that thought. All right? But if I was given that power, I would <laughs> have that thought. I really... Like it's 2018 and we have globes and shit. Like right. I, at a certain like that's that's how I feel about the Hickman thing. Like if you're anti Hickman, I'm anti you. Like that's... so. So and if I remember correctly, I I I, I want to believe I believe he he did Secret War Warriors, 2009. I believe that yes, was so, so. I believe that's when he started. Like because like, because what do you get from 2009? Until 2015, when he did a Secret War. I remember when the Secret War ended, and he was like, "He was like, I'm taking a break from Marvel." And everybody was like, "Why would you do that?" And I'm like, "No, I get it. Now that I've gone back and caught up on everything he's done between 2009 and 2015, this is a man that basically reshaped the the landscape for Marvel. Not basically, he reshaped the Marvel universe. Okay, you're you're right. I was trying to be. No, no, no. Secret Wars one ends with the end date for the Marvel universe. Yeah. And, and Hickman wrote it. And he did it starting at, you're right, it, was, it begins in 2009 with that Secret Warriors run. They kicked off with Bendis. And at a certain point, Marvel said, this is our architect for what's next. And he said, I'm not scared, I'm not afraid. Let's fucking do this. And spoilers, he fucking did it. And I think this, to me, this is an important thing in where I think some people have issues, not with Hickman, but just in general, some some creators, when they do things like this, it's like, you got to see where they began. Because things do get crazy throughout this, these years. Throughout the, this, this time, shit gets fucking weird. But it's all organized. It's all, it's all there. It all ties back. You know, it all comes back to certain themes that are, are permeated throughout this entire run. And then, it, and then other creators pick up on those themes and carry with them and go forward. And I think that's something that um, I, I know we were, I can't remember what we did recently. We were, uh, was a, I guess it was a mailbag. We were talking about uh, what Snyder's doing with uh, the uh, Justice League over at DC right now, you know? And mm. there's something, go, and I think this is something very, very important that, and shit, I mean, even when we talk about the IDW stuff with, Jan, with, with James Roberts, um, the, having a creator that's able to tell their story and not just leave it to this, that their one book, but I actually help them shape an entire universe. We've seen that with Snyder. We've seen that with Snyder doing now with Justice League, seen it with IDW with Roberts. You've seen it with obviously with Hickman. Um, Bendis has done some stuff like this. You're seeing it with, uh, what was it? Um, it just, it just, I, I think when you allow our creator to do that and shape a universe, uh, there's a lot of good stories that can come out of there, and um, it make it just makes for it, it makes for just fascinating stuff. Because I also don't feel like they have to tell their story in six issues. They can tell right. their story it, in six it's, years. It's it's when you hear it's the mark of a great editor. You hear a good idea. He says if someone says, "Oh, it's a great idea for a, a Captain America story," it's where he you know is undercover Sidra. That's not a Cap story. A good editor says that's a Marvel universe. Right. right. And at some point. They looked at Hickman and said, this isn't a good story. This is, this is the tapestry of the Marvel Universe. This is who we are. At a certain point, you tapped into who we are, and you told us the next step to take. And because Marvel's Marvel, and I'm not, this is not a shot at a distinguished competition. They have different 
paymasters to serve in different situations. But because Marvel's Marvel, they said, let's take this shot. And people say, oh, um, and, and you and I discussed some mailbags and people want to say, oh, look, they're, they're reacting to the, the people who are taking it negatively. No, the fuck don't. They give me Fantastic Four. If you're saying these things, that means you're not reading. It means you're just as bad as the people you're going to cry. Right. Read the books. Right. Because I heard people say, there's your wars. Oh, look at this stunt by Marvel. Kids, it's not a stunt if they let him tell the story over six years over Horn. I, I, the thing is, I pulled up Hickman's uh, wiki page. I wanted to make sure I was giving an accurate, appropriate um, appreciation here. So it all starts, the Marvel run starts in Secret Warriors. He co-writes that with Brian Michael Bendis from 2009 to 2011. Um, it's awesome. Yeah. One of the really cool things about that entire idea is he's a first, one of the first writers, especially Marvel, to add the postscript to his books to where like he did a lot of world building and some of the addenda to the back of individual issues. From there, he took over Fantastic Four in 2009 as well. He wrote The Bridge and, and I'll Get the Land um, from Dark Reign and the Cabal and Dark Reign and Fantastic Four um, in 2009. He finally takes over uh, Fantastic Four at issue 570, beginning of Solve Everything in 2009, <laughs> mm-hmm. which ugh, that run goes through 2012. Yep. He writes an issue of Shang-Chi because he can, and he writes his own self-contained SEAL series 2000 to 2012, which eventually ended in 2018. But also, they let him write Ultimate Comics Thor at this time, 2010, 2011, and Ultimate Comics Fallout in 2011. He also wrote The Ultimates in 2011, 2012, which ties into Secret Wars. Um, he wrote Ultimate Comics Hawkeye and Avengers vs. X-Men 4 and 6. Um, and then, he wrote, then they gave him Avengers, which he wrote from 2013 until literally the end of the fucking universe. And, and, and let's be clear on something with, with, with the Avengers. They kind of tricked everybody because Avengers and New Avengers particularly New Avengers, that storyline in Into the Wars, basically turns into a continuation of Fantastic Four. It's all... <laughs> it's all re story. It's, it's all, all one story. It's all it's one all big story. It's all and Victor. That's the story he's telling from 2009 until 2015. <laughs> it's Reed and Victor, and characters I love get involved, characters I hate getting involved. The story's woven through lots of different, uh, uh, different books. It involves new characters, old characters, characters dying, characters been brought back. But the beginning and end of the story is Reed Richards versus Victor Von Doom. Yeah. <laughs> That's the heart. That's, and, and let's just, I don't know. I, I'm almost like nervous to talk about this. I, I love this, this single. Well, we're just talking today about Fantastic Four, but I wanted to make sure everyone understands that this is the beginning of the story. Yeah. And it gets big and weird and crazy and loud in the Fantastic Four run, but it's only the beginning of the bigness. In craziness, in loudness, because you never ask in this run, wait, where did these mad celestials come from? Yeah. And that answer gets answered in New Adventures through a time travel story that Hank Pym tells everyone once he escapes back to our planet after navigating the multiverse, which is dying. Ladies and gentlemen, Jonathan <laughs> fucking hit. Yeah. So, and again, uh, I, the thing I like about these stories and it's something that, because just in case we don't end up, because I, I don't think we are, just in case we don't get to Lost Light today, 
It's one of the things I started. I've started to appreciate. Yeah, I just, I just, I just had this feeling today, which is fine. Because here's the thing: I kind of want to reread that, uh, that those twelve issues again, or maybe I'm, two of the matter is you might just go beyond twelve and let me finish. Because I, I had such a hard time topping just the two volumes. It's such, it's such a hard because there's no, and that's the thing about. And we'll, I promise you're going to talk about Fantastic Four. But the thing about this, this um, run of Lost Light is certain members of the Transformers fandom, including Charles, who was on the uh, IDW Primer with me. Had a problem with Lost Light, felt, felt that it didn't deal with it didn't deal with the pressing issue of Rodimus versus Getaway. For, admittedly, but for me, it was a perfect continuation more than ECI because it's never been about the quest. Right. It's never been about the destination. It's also about the quest. But, and this is a continuation. I love those first twelve issues. I reread them this morning. I still love every one of them. Well, so well, that's, that's what I'm getting to. It's like what I love about when you when you give a creator, and we and you see this across the board now. When you give a creator the space to tell their story, they don't have to end the story when you think would typically have to end the story. So you're right. right. When you when you end this Hickman Fantastic Four run that goes through not just Fantastic Four, because then eventually he picks up the FF, which is I think is the found um he future foundation. His own book. Right. He creates a companion book. He, cr- he creates a companion book, and then so that way he gets two books out of it. It's fucking insane. Uh, which, and, and they tie together. Just... You you literally go from one issue to the other. Like it's it they it like, again. It, it's fucking fantastic. Uh, and no pun intended for that, but like no. the, but, but what makes it so good is when that, when this ends, you're like, wait, but that can't, like you said, the, the celestials and all the bridges, like this can't be the end of everything. Like you, something else is going on. Like what else is there? Like there, there seems like there's still a lot of other story to be told, told here. And him goes off and he's writing the ultimates. Now you're like, what the fuck is going on? So we just ended with that. Uh, okay. Then like you said, a couple years later, he comes back with new Avengers. You start reading it. And you're like, oh, okay, wait, hey, wait a minute, that's from, hey, wait a minute, but that's from, wait a fucking minute, what are you doing here, Hickman? What are you, you son, you, you and, size, and, 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 and as further proof that all he did was add to the tapestry, they brought back the bridge in Marvel Two and One Annual last week. <laughs> of course, and I, I, I just stood in the pond. I was like, you son of a bitch, like you, you. So I, oh, this first issue of FF, I cannot wait. Yeah, Fantastic Four, whatever slot picks up, because. You can't write Fantastic Four now without referencing this run. It's impossible. Well, it, it, and so so that gets me to the next thing before we start jumping into the run is just like who's involved in this run when we're talking about here. Because, I mean, obviously we're talking about the Fantastic Four and what this Obvious. is. But to me, I mean, there are a few things that, that to me this Hickman run does. First of all, I, I think it accepts why Re- Richard matters so much and, and just what almost like the burden of his intelligence. You know, and but also what his grounding forces are, which are his family, which you quickly find out are what you you quickly find out what happened when a Reed Richards doesn't have his family, and uh, nothing good happens. Well, you also figure out why our Reed Richards is different. Yes, right. It's a story about fathers. So, um, oh, I'm gonna cry. Don't yeah, like I said, it leans really heavily on the family dynamics because that's what the Fantastic Four has always been about. But it really gets into this because obviously throughout this run we get the uh, the "Quote unquote death of Johnny Storm." Uh, what goes on with there? You have um, you basically when the, when he create when when Reed starts the Future Foundation with the kids, he basically you know ends like all. I can't remember the speech he gives at uh, I think it was at the Baxter um, at the Baxter Building to all those like uptight like corporate types and this is like basically, yeah. it's basically a TED talk about the future of science, right? And basically saying you old farts don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm 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 gonna stick to the kids, um, and uh, obviously it makes uh 
I, I'm, I put in here, it makes Valeria awesome, but she's also a handful. <laughs> and, um, no, that's a problem. <laughs> Val, like, she's smarter than her dad, and you're like, ah, oh, but she's also a kid, and she's all, oh. yeah, <laughs> she, she, can, she can cause so many problems. We'll talk about Val. Here's how bad Val is. Even Val knows Val can't be trusted. Right, 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 right. <laughs> she comes back from the future to tell her mom, hey, I can't be no. trusted at this age. <laughs> She's three. Right, right, right. You know, there's, there's a part where, we're hopping around for a second, but when future Val comes back and is interacting with present Val, she looks at her and says, stop that. She says, how do you know what I'm thinking? I don't, but I know you at this age. I know us at this age. I know if I wasn't good. <laughs> they, they hate each other. They hate each other. They hate each other. Each other. Oh my god, it's great. It's just, oh, yeah. It just, it's like, yeah. Basically, I mean, Val is again is is smart as as a, smarter than her father, but in questionable moral sometimes. Because again, she's like three. So she's three. You know, yeah, you know, um, yeah, and uh, also establishes why Franklin Richards is also can be scary. Um. Yes. <laughs> they all, some of them can be. Some, yes. <laughs> A lot of them are. So, um, but no, it, it, this is just, like I said, this is just a, a really great run. It goes through all this stuff. And um, yeah, l- l- want to uh, just jump right in then with uh, how this all begins? Well, well, so, you, you know, gotta remember. There, go ahead. I was going to say, what I love about this in the first, I think I want to say the first two volumes are the. There's little taglines he has on each cover of, the, of, of each issue. And each of them are, are, are so good. Here are some of them. First one was, what are the, what are the true costs of a man's mistakes? Uh, second one was, this morning I kill, helped kill a Galactus on Earth 12, 2012. Um, the future must be avoided at all costs. Uh, rest and remember uh, what you... Oh, no, no, no. Let's see. What was the other one? Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Tell me who speaks for man. Like I love the, how they put the little taglines in there because they're, they're they're important lines from each of the issues that you read mm-hmm. and goes on. It's like it's just the way everything I done about this was just done <sighs> beautifully. Like you can tell that none of this is done like fly by night. None of this is done unplanned. Saying this is a story that we're telling from the beginning. Yes, and. What you've got to understand is that you're coming off of Mark Millar's run. So Mark Millar's run was, let's say, unevenly accepted by fans. I thought that he tried to push the FF forward in a new, uh, new generation, but I don't think he kind of went far enough in certain places. Because he, he had the idea like New World and didn't really explore it to its fullest. So when Higgins comes in, he comes in originally to write the fill-in issues during Dark Reign and Fantastic Four. He referred to them as um, in interviews, especially in the Omnibus that can be found about kind of an experiment with the characters, trying to find the voices. Um, and that said that the, the, more than anything else, it wasn't Reed that helped it, that he needed help with. It was everyone else. For Reed, it was, it was always going to be a story about fathers and families, but it was, it, it was a theme that, that really resonated with Hickman, who says, I'm going to quote the interview here, fatherhood is one of those eternal themes you can never get away from, especially with male characters. We're all sons, we're not all fathers. Hmm. And I think it's really interesting the way he came in it from that direction, because so often 
Uh, even let's just say the Bat books, like Scott Snyder's take on Batman was very informed as his relationship as a father to his son, saying, how do I protect? How do I insulate from these fears but still make them aware of the world? The idea that we're all sons is powering Hickman's. And if you want to say, how does that inform the run? Then I'd say man, just the run because it's such a unique way to look at something that he admits is kind of a trope. And while some of the Millar stories didn't resonate, it was beautiful in kind of the Marvel method where it doesn't say, oh, we throw that out. Oh, that never happened. Mm-hmm. That's not how Marvel gets down. He makes a decision that says, hey, we're going, we're going to tell the story of this family. And we're going to do it in a way that is unique. But at the same time, if they, if they decide to put Kirby dots on every page, you'd feel right at home. All right. So when the, when the run starts in earnest, it opens with the FF taking down a bunch of androids piloted by clones of the wizard. And before you say, hey, wait a second, you just said one of the themes is fatherhood. Isn't that kind of on the nose? Congratulations. You stumbled upon the greatness that is John and <laughs> There's a scene in the first two issues when Wizard says to read, you've done the math, everything dies. Yeah. Which is literally how uh, that, like, new, <laughs> that new Avengers run, he says. It's crazy. Yeah. He called a shot. It's fucking nuts. Like, when you start to think about it, like, wait a second. This, this man's known what he was doing for a very, 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 very long time. And he did it. Right. He did it in a way that made you care, made you connect. And the opening panels of his run in earnest really kind of are my favorite throughout the entire series. And they resonate throughout the... And it tells you what the series is really going to be about. And it's reading his father, Nathaniel, whose name will be very important later, um, out back of their house when Reed's a child. And Reed says, I don't, I don't think I can. And Nathaniel's trying to coax him into jumping off of the slide. He says, son, I'm here to catch you. And even if I'm not, it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be worried. It's not okay not to try. And he convinces his son to jump. And to trust that his father will catch him. And then we cut to the to the, the Richards family fighting the wizard's clones. <laughs> because that's what the story does. It goes from insanely personal and heartfelt to like high sci-fi very quickly. And even this opening page with the uh, opening series or, or sequence with the wizard clones, where normally that'd be kind of like the, the writer flexes his muscles, introduces us to the cast. It's more like he goes straight into you know who these people are, let's get to the work. All right. And and it it and all of it comes into play because you, you the whole thing with the wizard comes back beyond just him saying you've done the math you know all that plays mm-hmm. in with Bentley his, his the, the the little kid that is his clone um and that's those scenes with uh, Reed as a kid with his father come into play because again this all by the end of the run you're dealing with the entire family when again jumping ahead. You know, uh, Nathan Richards shows back up along with Val and and Franklin from the future. You know, so it's just like all of this stuff is part of part of the deal. Where and you start finding out that you know the thing that was special and the thing that made this read different from everybody else was he had his father, and that's why the other ones hate him. Right, right. He, 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 well, he had his father even even when his father left. His father still get and, and still spent that time with him to to kind of almost prepare him for for him leaving. Um, and if you read Hickman's Shield Run, you'll see what happened when why he left. But that's getting ahead. 
He had to go. Right. Okay, look, I'm not saying he's hold on, hold on, hold on. so big, he did have to leave. No, 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 no. I'm not saying I'm, I, I am not. This is not me uh, putting judgment on Nathan Richards. I'm just saying if you read the show run, you they, again, it's explained there what happened there, which again just goes to show you that Jonathan Hickman is a crazy person. <laughs> he had all this planned. I, I don't understand. It's, it's masterful writing. It's masterful how he does all this stuff, Todd. Because after having read everything else around it now and going back and reading this, because again, I've read bits and pieces of this run, but to sit down and read the whole entire thing from the beginning, having read the other stuff around here, now I go, oh, that's why Dion was so excited about this. Oh, yeah, Hickman's crazy. Yeah. Hickman's a crazy person. Yeah, you're going back and checking the dates on the stuff. You're like, wait a minute, you did this on this date and you did this on this. What is wrong with you, man? So, yeah. Like, you see why he'd say, I'm walking away from Marvel Comics for a while. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you definitely had to. You definitely had to. Um, uh, and, and so, you get, I, I guess in the first, I guess, mm, three issues, you get these things happening. Uh, but then there's the, the Baxter Building's attacked in, in, in 574. You don't know who it is. This is a person that comes in. It's like the day before. No, it, it, it actually is Franklin's birthday. So on Franklin's birthday, end of, birthday. end of his birthday, and somebody's attacked uh, and cut Reed and Sue off from the kids' rooms, and he goes off and he puts puts Franklin to sleep, and he goes and talk to Val. You're trying to figure out who this person is, and this person sits down and talks to Val and tells her, I think it's four different things that she must remember at all times. She has to remember these four things. It's gonna be important for the days and in, in, in months ahead, the years ahead. Uh, the four things were there will be a war between the four cities. The dead must not be forgotten. The future man must return to save the past. And uh, my favorite one, <laughs> all hope lies in doom. Um, and at the very, very end of this, as the, the, the guy walks away, and he had also wished there was something to, to Franklin before he put him to sleep. As he, as he goes to disappear again, a Val comes out and says, happy birthday, retard. Because she realizes that it is actually... Her is Franklin's older, right? Franklin is her older brother. Yes, yes. Her, that her older. Yeah, always, you always get that. You always get that. It's it's hard sometimes to figure that out when you're reading them. <laughs> but um, uh, Val figures out that that is actually her older brother from the future. Uh, and again, at this point, if you haven't already figured out that Jonathan Hickman's a crazy person, all you can think about your, yourself is those four things and what the fuck is he? Well, it's so weird. It's it's something that. Uh... Whatever, I'm not even where, where, where I got this from, but a lot of people, like when you see him in media or whatnot, they'll say, if they get fired from a job or if they leave a job or if a show gets canceled, they'll say, just you wait, the best is yet to come, and you never hear from him again. <laughs> I think in comic books, if you can kind of train that way, like, oh, he's planting a seed, you probably pull up the book before he gets to pay it out. But all four of those things play very big impacts on this run. They are the, they are and, the keys of this run, like, because you almost forget about them. <laughs> until Valk is bringing him up, though, yeah. until Hickman throws him back into your face, you really do forget about him. Because, because not only that, but like you start seeing, it's like, what is Val doing? Like at one point, Karen, what she's doing, she was doing something, and she was like interviewing somebody. I can't, who was it? She was it Johnny? I think so. I think it was she was interviewing either Johnny or Ben after they had met. I think it, it might have been the older. From New World. She's interviewing them, and she's like, he's like, why are you asking all these questions? He's like, oh, no reason. What are you up to? Nothing. And you're like, 
Now, what is she up to? What is she doing here? <laughs> and he keeps dropping those seeds throughout the whole thing. Because the, in the first one is the war, the, the war between four cities. Because you don't realize that you start meeting the four cities, and then all of a sudden you're going, wait, wait a minute. And I think Reed even says, he's like, oh, that's four different, different kingdoms that popped up in. They're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> what the fuck? What is, what is going on here? Because what happens is you get, you get these, three, these, these four civilizations that end up popping up. Uh, they end up converging around the same location. It's um, the Annalis Horde uh, that is in the negative zone. You have the evolved moment of the uh, forever city of the higher evolutionary. Um, the old kings of Atlantis. And <sighs> then the universal inhumans. Yes. So you have all four of these pop. And again, there's, they have Let's also do this. I know that we, you know, Namor is his own character. I know the inhumans are kind of a thing at Marvel. All four of these cities, all four of these concepts are distinctly Fantastic Four related. Yes. They all come from vintage FF books. Like, it was for, for us, we're going to sit here and tell you how he can not only push the Fantastic Four to the future, but literally comic books to the future. Like, the idea of a severe comic. Yeah. He did it by mining the past. Mm-hmm. Well, but that's the, thing, that's the thing about Marvel, though. I mean, that's the thing I, I, I think. The reason why I connect to Marvel so much is not that I, I think that the writing is always better than DC. It's, we've talked about this before. Like, DC does really good individual runs. They rarely, and maybe the changes now with Snyder, they rarely have something that really spans as long as it does across as much of their universe and touches as many things in their universe like Marvel does. Like, Marvel, you have a straight line from one point here all the way back to the beginning. And the crazy thing about it was, I believe in these, in these issues, they would in the back of them. They would show you where some of these original things came from. Either that, or they threw some of the, the 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 pages in there. Like they they went like these things have always been there. And Marvel mm-hmm. decided. Oh, and Hickman decided. Let's again mine our past and make sure all of the past of Marvel matters. Nothing is really. There might be some small retcons here and there, but even those happen in canon. So like that's one of the reasons why I'm excited for you to reread Metal in a couple of years. Because I think that's going to be our starting point for a while. The DC universe, and I'm fine with that. I, I, and I, th- I think that might be what it is. I think I need to. I think I need to sit down and really take it all in. Because if that's what he's using for the rest of the the DC universe, then yeah, that's going to be a very very important piece. But it's also just like I I, I can see how if you just read this uh, Fantastic Four run up front and didn't get it all at once, I can see how it could be very very confusing. Because if there's a lot here, and if you're not reading it all, you're missing something. Like, at one point, you literally go between the Fantastic Four and that FF book. You have to read them back to back to back. Like, read one, then read yeah. the next one, then read the other one. You have to jump back and forth between the two because that's how the story goes. The story literally is told between those two books. The same thing that happens when Hickman does Avengers. When he does Avengers and New Avengers, same thing happens where you have to jump between both of those books to get the full story. Because if you don't, you're going to be lost as fuck. So, anyway. Uh, go on. No, it's just, and it's so funny because I'm doing all the reading for this. It's one of those things that I guess this is your first time reading them all sequentially, correct? Uh, yes, because I've always read them in, in chunks. Like, I, 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 when I went back and read this, I was like, oh, I've read all of this before, just mm-hmm. not back to back to back, like not binging all together like I just did. And I got you. Yeah. So for me, it, it was interesting. Like, even that first issue where was, when he's at the wizard, you pretend that there's, you pretend there's something wrong with me, but you know what I know. Matthew's language of the God Richards, we've been judged. And you get like the, the, the thing that would push him to build the, the bridge. Right. 
and then the the room where he's got all these things solved, and it's it's why don't you solve everything? Yeah, you read Richards, and what I liked about Hickman's run is that he took each one and each character kind of defined who they were. Of course, the stuff with Reed is is how we start because it's very hard to tell if it has a four story without having the smartest man in the universe's perspective. Mm-hmm. And I loved how it ended because he's like, of all the things I've studied, the only thing I've, the one thing I've devoted most of my time to is you, Sue. Like, I know you. Mm-hmm. And that's why I closed the bridge. And it's a decision that no, and it's, it's made very explicitly clear, particularly when if you find out like the origins of these other reads, like one of the oh, reasons well, well, we, we, should, we should explain that because we, we kind of skipped over that whole thing there where Reed builds a bridge and, and this bridge to, you know, see what happens in other multiverses, what you find is, well, he's not, obviously he's not the only Reed Richards in the multiverse to ever do that. And they basically convene a council of Reed Richards. That's what do they do? They solve everything. That is their goal. You know, they go out and solve the problems. What problems? All of them. They have a they have an entire world where all they do is they mine they 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 um they have an entire world where they they can farm wheat to give to other universes that have. Well, that's the thing is you say one world, but it's just like the other read said to our read. One world read, you're still thinking too small. Right. The entire star system of of, of harvest worlds. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. And so. You know, and there's three. There's three in particular reasons. I guess lead the council. They all have, they all have their own infinity gauntlets. You know, mm-hmm. so and you see all these different reads, and they've all, you know, they all come there. And and apparently he's smart. He, he's different because they also say that this one's a conflicted one. It took him three days longer because Sue had told him to close the bridge. He obviously started it back up. We were like, ah, it took him longer than the other ones. It took him three days. <laughs> you know. Um, and he goes out with them and he, he solves problems. At, at one point, I think one of the issues I helped this morning, I helped kill the Galactus on Earth 2012. Mm-hmm. They stopped Galactus. They, the, this, this is a council we talked about during the Doom run, I believe. This is the council that, that one, of the thing, one of the problems they've solved Doom. You've seen the good, you've seen the bad, now see the ugly. And they've got all these neutered, mentally neutered Dooms in the basement because. Yeah. There's just like your universe constantly, you will, you will always have the need to solve everything, and always have the ability to do so. Doom will always destroy. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's something you need to remember when reading this entire run of Marvel comics by John the Yep. Reed always creates, Doom always destroys. And Reed's association with the council comes to an end because, as I mentioned, the Mad Celestials attack. Who are the Mad Celestials? No one actually explains it to you until deep into the Avengers run. Yeah. No one explains to you why they're mad, how they got here, but what's important is that they do find the council and they wage war on the council of reeds. Alongside his fellow reeds, he turns back the attack, and you get this exchange with one of the surviving reeds. There are other things, more important things. Like what? Friends? Family? No one here has those things anymore. We gave all that up for the greater good. So if I don't have this, I have nothing. What, what do you mean? No one here has those things. It's simple, Reed. The cost of solving everything is everything. The work will consume you. How can we think about little things like our personal lives? We know the fate of all, of all we know lies in the balance. Susan will stop understanding. 
Her patience will run out as she's forced to raise the family all alone. Doesn't she deserve better? Ben and Johnny will get angry and eventually move on. Your children will resent you because you work too much and love too little. All you will have left is this. I would never do that. Yes, you would. You will. <laughs> you have. It's the price, Reed. It always gets better. Even knowing that this is how it ends for me, I would gladly do so again. No, I won't accept that. I won't. Who are you to think you are different, Reed? You'll be back. You always come back. <laughs> and then it cuts to a flashback of Nathaniel saying goodbye to Reed for the last time. Mm-hmm. He says, at the end of it, I've given you pretty, plenty of advice over the years, and I know you've listened because I see what you've become, a man capable of making his own decisions. And it's at that moment that Reed closes the door and locks it. He says, and he cuts back to another, another flashback to his father, and it's, it's uh, I hate it when, he call, when you realize, like, looking back, he called a shot. But I want you to remember one last thing before I go. The world is ugly. It, is, it should not be, but it is. It will force you to do things you should not do. You, you know you should not do. To compromise. Simply because you feel like you have no other choice. This weakens us. It makes men less than we should be. It'll make it even more difficult for you because you have an extra burden. Because you have a gift that will affect many people. But this, he says, pointing to Reed's head. Without this, pointing to his heart means nothing. It's a terrible thing for someone not to reach their full potential. I know. As I've grown older, that I've realized that I do not have the character to be both good and great at the same time. But you do, Reed. And as such, all of my hopes and desires rest in you becoming a better man than I. Like, what the fuck, man? He got the speech from his dad that the other Reeds never got. Never got that speech! <laughs> never got that speech. Because at one point later on... You know, when the Edward comes back and he's, he goes to help one of the, he ends up, it, it gets very weird, has to help one of the, these other reeds. The other reeds like, I hate him even more because he had a father like you. <laughs> right? He had this father who basically set him on the right path, who didn't, who had to leave, but I, I feel like didn't abandon him. Right? Because I think that's the difference. That's the difference. Because the other Reed's father just left and never came back one day. Yeah. They, they, they got abandoned. Of Reed's father because of the great hunt. But that's a whole other timey, whiny, <laughs> crazy nonsense bullshit thing. Right. 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 <laughs> but, but again, it's so but, exhausting. But, 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 but not even just that. I mean, I think there's a difference between leaving somebody and not being able to come back or abandoning them. And I kind of feel like those other Reed kind of abandoned their, like, didn't. They did not have that love. They did not have like this read because again, jumping back to that shield room. When you hear that, when you see the conversation, because you get the conversation from the other point of view in the shield run. You get the conversation between uh, Nathan and um, uh, uh, Howard Stark. You get yep. the, get a conversation between them, and you see how torn Nathan is for leaving. He knows he has to. But he doesn't want to, which is weird. Then, could you also see that Howard Stark is a little bit more okay with leaving, and it's not as well, broken also up? Because it's been revealed that Tony's not his kid. Right, right, right. So, <laughs> so much going on, there. I, like so much going on. <laughs> so much going on, and it's so good because I'm like, this explains everything. This feels, explains why Howard's a little bit more detached. <laughs> explains why Tony was the way he is and how he grew up. You know, and you know, it's just oh god, it's just so good. So good. So, um, but yeah, so that kind of establishes the, why the other reads do not like this read. So it's kind of funny. I kind of feel like, um, Dan Harmon or somebody from Rick and Morty read this because this is the council of Rick's like, that's literally what the council of Rick's feels like is based off of. Cause that council does not like 
um, the Rick Sanchez of, of the we follow. And what is the difference between that Rick Sanchez and the other ones? That Rick Sanchez would never admit to it, but he loves his family. Right. He loves right. Beth. He loves, he loves Morty. He would never admit to it, but that's the difference. The other ones don't give a shit. And it's so funny. I, I, I watch those episodes going, you motherfuckers, you, somebody, somebody read Hickman's Fantastic Four run. Because that's what this is. That's I didn't run Jonathan the check. That's all we're saying. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying. You, that, this is clearly what that is, and it's basically the same thing. But anyway. Um, so what we get from here is you, you get, um, and again, when you're able to tell us, when, when you have a writer that's able to tell a story their, their way, you can drop things like this. So this happens, the door closed, you're like, oh, well, I guess we're done with that, right? Never see those, never see those reads again. Never see the council again. Never see the bridge again. Except it's all the same story. And it's so funny because he was able to tell this, and, and I know I keep talking big picture because for me, it's such a big picture run. Oh, it is. It is. He was able to fit this like very high sci-fi, like super weirdness in a monthly superhero comic book and convince us that, oh, it's just a story about superheroes. Um, so, so now that we've kind of explained the council of Ricks and all this stuff that happened with the bridge, you want to go in and explain the, the, the four, the four cities, the four kingdoms and what they were? Sure. So, uh, I'm not going to go in chronological orders cause I don't remember how, what the order they came from. I can't remember. But at a certain point, the Molmans people were acting up again and the Moloids, some advanced Moloids made their way to the maximum. Moloids normally can't talk their blind. They only do what the Moloid tells them, but these Moloids were smarter. And they've been cast out of their society because they were smarter, because they're mutated. Um, the Fantastic Four, being who they are, Imaginots, as I like to call them, um, decide to find out why. And they find a hidden city. And it's emitting energy that's rapidly evolving, and anyone comes close. Eventually, they get the engines turned on, the city raises, and becomes one of the four cities mentioned by uh, Franklin earlier. Then, there is an undersea excavation in Antarctica that's not going well. And the Fantastic Four are sent to help navigate the seas. And because Johnny's a dick, he comes in swimming trunks and flaming cowboys. <laughs> so going into Sub-Zero typical water. Everyone's wearing like these very advanced tech suits, and Johnny's got like a, a scuba tank and literally flaming uh, we spend a lot of time talking about Reed here, but I love the relationship that they develop between, well, not develop, I mean, it's always been there. But I love the relationship and the way the relationship is written between uh, Johnny and Ben in here. Because it's, oh, just, it's, it's so, so good. Because then when they rip your heart out later on, it's, it's, it's brutal. Because you know, you've always known that they have a good relationship. But this really like, just drives it home. you know. Yeah, it really does. Even when they go to New World together, which takes upon one of the mis- most maligned parts of Mark Millar's run. Mm-hmm. And ties them intricately into what we're doing here. Including the dead Galactus, right. which I can't believe you solved that, Pickman. I, bravo! I wasn't a fan of that run, but you you made it work. Um, the second city, as I mentioned, is the Old Kings of Atlantis. They're uh, allegedly um, an offshoot of the main Atlantis branch, headed by Namor. And they have been sealed away after a civil war, and they choose Susan Richards to be their spokesperson. Also, with the um, Race City of the Ohio Revolutionary, it turns out that they start loving Ben because Ben gets involved down there and gets to look very funny, trying to make fun of him. But 
the moment who know him call him the bin and they love the bin yeah the bin is all the bin is smart the bin is why are they making fun of why why is the johnny making fun of the bin like it just <laughs> the bin oh, is, the bin is very funny. smart it's like it's just very it's so good um the third city is the universal and human so if you've listened to some of our I guess it'd be the Vulcan character corner or some of our. Well, we did, we did, we did do the Inhumans one because you have to talk. We we did do the Inhumans, so we did talk a little bit about the Universal Inhumans because that involved Black Bolt there. So Black Bolt goes off into space, kicks the Kree ass, and decides to come home to Earth. In doing so, a signal is made, and the other five or four human species that were cast away, who had other experiments uh, made on them, are all drawn to their king, the Black Bolt. So. He now has five queens, much of the <clears throat> annoyance of Medusa, and they've resituated themselves on the moon, and they introduced to Reed, who will be most of their contact. Johnny got horny. Johnny brought a girl home. The girl wasn't a girl. She was an nihilist bug. She opened a negative zone portal. Johnny's a dick. That's a sports hit. I don't know. How do I clean that one up? Like, honestly. Basically, I uh, like how Reed talked to Matthew Reed. You, you should have told us, you know. That's what it was. It was. It, that's what it was. It was. It was Val was interviewing Johnny afterward to get his information on that, and he was just like, "What are you up to, Val? What are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> just want to know. Just like, don't trust that little girl." <laughs> um, man. Yeah. So yeah, there's course- four cities, and over the course of the run, they're all established very quickly. Like, that's what I noticed is that Hickman did not fuck around with this run at all. By the end of of 578, we basically get the war kicked off because the Universal Inhumans send their light brigade brigade into the negative zone to wage war. They basically, there's this group, they're they're finest warriors, and they're basically like, well, we're going to, because all of them are trying to claim the spot on Earth. And so Mm -hmm. they're like, well, we're going to claim this, we're going to claim ourselves to be worthy. We need to, we need a sacrifice. So they send their light brigade in, that, which is their um, their finest warriors, who always get sent in their back. Go ahead. Their Avengers. Yeah, their Avengers. Who they? But their Avengers, who they always send in to lose. They always mm-hmm. send in to fight a battle they can't win. And so, what's a greater battle than them going after basically an undying horde of the Annalis? You know, and they get sent, They go into the negative zone, and they wage war, and that's basically what kicks off the war of the four cities. And yeah, and and here's and the crazy thing about it is, the next I would say the next mm, three four issues, kind of really doesn't talk about it. There's other things going on, Chris. <laughs> yeah, we get we get the story of uh we get we, we then bring back in this, we we then again I, I I love this way of storytelling, and and I can understand why it's, it's it's jarring, but it goes back to what we were saying with Lost Light about how, you know, Lost Light takes place right after. More than meets the eye. More than meets the eye basically ends on a kind of a cliffhanger, almost. Yeah. So when you start, yeah. so when you start with Lost Light, the years thinking, okay, well, what's going on with this? What's going on with this? They don't even talk. They don't even touch some of the stuff until the second volume. And which bugged a lot of people. Which and they're being them being bugged bugged me. Well, and what and, and, and I, I'm rereading all this Anila stuff. Right, and I and I get it, but and, and I get why being bugged it can it can throw you off, but I think it's because. You never understand when, how many stories a person's going to get to tell their story. Sometimes. Now, in this case, with Lost Light, it's like, he's going to be able to tell his story, right? <laughs> so, so sometimes you're like, well, when are you going to tell, when are you going to explain this? But it's something important I saw somebody say on, on Twitter once. One of the most annoying things you get about, um, 
they were, people were saying annoying things that people don't understand about your, 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 your profession or something like that. And somebody said, I think they were talking about films, they were like, um, characters making mistakes aren't plot holes. And I right. think that's the thing that has hurt us in this, in this day and age of instant gratification is that we don't wait for the story to unfold. And so with Fantastic Four, what Reed does here, I mean, what Reed, what Hickman does here is he tells a story, gives you some tidbits, then it's like, hold that thought. I'm going to go tell another part of the story now. Because then when it all comes together, like three, four volumes later, it, under, it makes sense then. But if you're just jumping in, like there is, I would say that there's, you cannot read this by just jumping in. You have to read it from the beginning to get everything. Um, and I think for some people, they don't realize that. And so it can't, I, I totally understand where the frustration comes in. It. Because basically the next three volumes, this is the heroic age ones, where you basically get um, the story of what happened to Nathan Richards. <clears throat> Based about how... Get, why, why Nathaniel left, the great hunt, um, the other Nathaniels, and how it all came to a close, and how Reed and Ben and Victor... Right, he cannot forget Doom. Because right. Doom is the one, if you think about it, Doom is the one who did the dirty work. Remember this day. <laughs> Just say it's so good. Um, well, even before that, even before that, because that's the other thing is you're right. You put the pin in it because they start the, F, the the feature foundation right under our noses, and they basically say put a pin. Like when he when he tells the wizard, which by the way is the pettiest read is. It makes me sad to see you like this. But all it does make more determined. I came here today to let you know that your clone, a younger, uncorrupted you, is living with my family, with me. I'm going to prove something to you. End of the world. That boy will be no different from you. Will become something better. I'm going to fix you, Bentley. I am what I am. There's no avoiding who we are meant to be. You're wrong. You see, I'm going to offer him something you've forsaken. <laughs> and, then he, and that's the little introduction of the future foundation yeah it's bentley it's already it's leech it's the the atlantean kids it's uh <laughs> the power kid mm-hmm. they bring in alex power which is such it's so good and we also get um johnny going to the toy store with with uh with uh franklin right which is awesome <laughs> which all of a sudden like it's so funny because it's a very throwaway story but at the end you're like wait this got solved because Franklin uses powers. Right. And you're like, wait a minute. Fra- when did Frank? Because I think even Johnny says, like, how long have you been able to use your powers again? Yeah. And I don't know if it's, it's in that, is it in this run or do you find it like the next volume where you find out that the future Franklin, what, what future Franklin wished over to his younger self? Oh, you don't, you don't find out until the very end. Okay. Because he basically wishes to him, you find out all the way north in the run. Remember who you, remember what you are. <clears throat> And basically has him pick starting his powers again because he starts, you know, uh, Franklin starts using his powers again. Well, even, uh, we're going to get to the Nathaniel stuff in a second, but let's talk about some other of the cool things. Like the New Earth, the idea that New Earth would age that much more quickly. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, yeah, that, that was a, that's kind of a fucked up story. It's a super fucked up story. And he fits it all into like three pages of exposition. It's super fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> also, they figure out how to make Ben human again. For one week a year. Ooh, yeah, picks the wrong week. Ooh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you're so right. The way, again, the way Hickman does this stuff, he introduces this stuff. You, 
excuse me, with the New World stuff, the Ben stuff, the stuff with Franklin, all this stuff gets introduced in, the, in these, little, these little, what feel like throwaway issues, but they have such huge ramifications. Like, even the panel, I don't know if you remember the panel where Franklin's going, falling up through time, and you see panels of things that haven't happened yet. Yes, yes. That are going to happen. So we have a deal. You don't wish any more than I do. Here I can build. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, you're right, I'm sorry. That's what we see. He says, rest and remember what you are. Mm-hmm. It's and you just- see Franklin and Val and their grandfather in the future, and you see the... It's very confusing at the time, because you're like, wait, why is this happening? Why is the future being destroyed? Mm-hmm. And you see that, that the Franklin, the, the Nathaniel that goes back to Reed and Ben is not a Nathaniel. He's Nathaniel deeper in the timeline. He's Nathaniel who knows his grandchildren. Yes. And he goes to them and says, I need your help killing me. Because <laughs> of the great hunt, which is... Yo! Yeah. <laughs> which is Kang! Which, by the way, they work a Kang story in here! There's a Ramatun reference and a Kang story. The great hunt's a Kang story. And... Every time I read this, I get more and more excited about how much I love it because it's not just the most advanced future sci-fi-ish you can make FF. It's also a love letter to everything that came before to Stan and Jack. Mm-hmm. Man. Yep. So the Great Hunt was basically... <sighs> Kang figures out that all the Daniel Richards have gone through time and destabilized each of their own individual universes. As a multiversal factor, they'd be a problem, but if there was only one of them, it would actually stabilize everything. So he has them kill each other. It's basically that scene from The Dark Knight where the Joker says, we have an opening, but there's only one. Yeah, as opposed to snapping a pool cue in time, he snapped, like, a reality, like, here, right? Reality. Like, it's, and we get kind of the snippets, like you said, it's one of those things where Hickman takes a huge idea and kind of collapses it into two, two or three panels. Mm-hmm. He offered us a deal. He called it a compromise, which would allow one of us to live, but we must choose amongst us who it would be. Thus begin the systematic suicide murder of every one of me that has ever existed, the great hunt. And now only two are in. And the only reason Reed leaves with the father is because of Doom. And I know that the four things that are told to Valeria at the beginning are all spread out and they solely make sense. Is something that carries you all the way through Secret. Yeah. All like- and then, you and I have done our review of Speaker Wars. I've said my piece on it. I love it. But if Doom doesn't get the power of the Beyonders, everything ends. Mm-hmm. That life raft emerges in the sea of nothingness. The only reason we have reality today is because Doom took the power. Right. All hope lies. Yeah. Like what what happens when they defeat this other this other uh Nathan Richards, you know I, I love this panel. It's is Doom comes up and hands him he's like, uh, here, finish him. When is what we came here to do? I can't. I've never killed anyone standing here. I can't I've never killed anyone. This is uh, Nathan, uh, Nathan saying this. I never killed anyone. Standing here and even knowing that he'd kill me without thinking twice about it, I can't do it. I'm not a murderer. But you ha- but you know this has to end. Do what it is. Do it. Do what it is. You do, Victor, and Victor kills. Now we can leave this place, but I want you to remember, Richards. Remember what happened here. Remember who saved you. Remember who set you free. Remember Doom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you think about it, 
Doom's the only reason why Reed ever gets to see his father again. Yeah. No, Doom's the only one. Doom's the reason this, that our Reed's different. Yeah. Yeah. Because none of the other Reed's got to say goodbye to their father because the crazy Nathaniel killed him. Mm-hmm. And our Nathaniel only one who made it. Mm-hmm. All hope lies in Doom. And also, this is juxtaposed with future Val having a conversation with Sue. Yes. <laughs> and then you get the end where Franklin kicks Nathaniel backwards through time. And it doesn't make sense. Like, I've read this like five times now, and it's starting to make sense to me. Oh, yeah. It didn't to me at first. It was like, what are you doing? Like, were they, why are they, I thought they were cool. Like, what was happening here? It feels like they were trading their grandfather. But in reality, Franklin's saying, you've got to trust me. I know what I'm doing. Well, you also got to remember, like, that was also one of the things. Uh, what was it? Um, the future man must return to save the past. Mm hmm. He's a and, it's a, and, and, it's, and it's so funny because only with that perspective can you appreciate what, what Franklin and Val say at this, in these panels. And Nathaniel says, I don't understand. And Franklin replies, something significant was gained today. Val and I would rather it not be wasted. All you have to do is let go, drop it, I'll turn your powers back on. Then you need to jump away back to the new past before the revision wave hits. So the idea that Reed gets his father is a new past. That's why the future is being erased. Yes. I know you'll find your way. We're not arguing about this. Listen to me. I'm now, I'm now every Nathaniel Richards that's ever been. It's probable that I can't be erased from space-time, even if I could survive the revision rate. There's no guarantee of that. We both know it. Damn it, child, I want to be here. Why are you trying to take the choice away from me? It's dad. See, when you collapse every you and our reality into our reality, when Immortus commanded the great hunt and calling of all the Nathaniel Richards's, and even though you didn't mean for it to happen, you made every re-richer that's ever existed into an orphan. And what's wrong with him? What's wrong with all of them? Don't you understand? Every boy deserves a father, especially mine. I love you, Grandma. Fuck, man. <laughs> that's writing. Like, you couple that with the end of the run. I'm tearing up, actually. When Sue asked them, were we good parents? Mm-hmm. God, like, because, you know, I'm getting older now. I'm getting older. We're adults. You get in that place and you wonder, like, if you did that kids, you're like, the t- the, I see my friends with kids and they talk to me, like, the terror of, like, am I doing it right? Yeah. Am I doing the right thing? Am I being okay? Like, and, and that's the primal fear that, that loads this entire run. Was I right? Because there's no parent that will ever experience meeting their children growing up while they're still children. And the fact that Sue waited that long to ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's so good. Such a great. Can you be strong, mother? Stronger than you've ever been before. There'll be a moment when you want to get, we're going to want to give up. You're going to want to let go. When you reach that point, look into the sky, look up and remember the price that was paid. Fuck, man. I, mm, yeah. Just brought, like, it's, and everyone should read this book. Everyone should read this, this entire run. But the beginning of it sets the table in such a beautiful, affecting way. that It's like, you could stop here. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> I've read enough. It, it could That's be, it could be the, any other story that would have been the end of it. Let some other writer pick it up the rest, rest from there. Right? Because, yeah, because, and that's so you're, so you're a thousand percent. I hadn't even thought about that. Because if you think about Just, it, it's like they, they, they've solved the problem. This Reed gets his father, gets to, gets to see his father again. and 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 won't make the same mistakes that the other reads do. 
But then you find out that Hickman is only getting warmed up. <laughs> this is just this is just a teaser for the it's rest of the even, run. It's the beginning of the beginning. Right. It's like, oh now we get to now we now now we build. <laughs> for yeah, here I can build. Here I can build. <laughs> Breed's got his dad back, the council is Looks kind of destroyed. Like here, I can build. Yeah, that's a really yeah. Yeah, well done. Yeah, now, what now, happens now? Yeah, yeah. Now we can. Now we can. Well, what happens now is uh, we, we get the death of Johnny Storm. <laughs> yeah. Let's now. Now that we've given Reed's father back, and we've given um, we 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 reset the the canvas. Let's go ahead and let's. What happens when we take one of the the the, the members of the Fantastic Four, and do it in the most horrific way possible? So the three arc. When it came out, everyone kind of knew you were going to kill a member of the, the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. They killed um, Ringo and Millar had killed... No, maybe it wasn't Millar. Someone in Ringo had killed uh, Ben Grimm a couple of runs ago, and that's mm-hmm. when we learned that... Uh, you know, I talked about this in one of our um, book clubs, or character corner maybe, but it's, it's when we find out that God is Jack Kirby, and that was a really nice touch. Mm-hmm. But this one felt different because what happened is... Hickman put everyone in a perilous situation. Yeah, everybody, everybody's in a really bad place. Right he was now. underwater in, Atlant- in old Atlantis while, while Namor is kicking off a civil war between the two Atlantean states. Which, by the way, I love how that starts with basically Namor. Uh, Sue is basically acting as a go-between between the old kings of Atlantis and, and Namor. Namor's like, oh, okay, cool, no, we'll do this, everything's going to be fine. They get there to meet and Namor kills one. It's like, oh. Stabs the fucker in the chest. Right. It's like, <laughs> oh, you, these, you see, he was like, yo, so you don't understand. Uh, we were just civil war for a reason. These assholes are assholes. You guys think I'm an asshole? No, no. They're real assholes. I got to do what I got to do. The so. correct response, Susan, is thank you. Right. <laughs> um, similarly, Ben is taking the serum to take away his rocky appearance for one, for one week. Um, and he and Johnny are out in the town. They're living it up. They're loving life. Johnny takes them to the ball game. They get to beat up some Wall Street guys who replace the Ace Street game, which is a great little touch. Um, he gets to make love to Alicia. Like, it's wonderful. But Johnny's dick is still not his friend. <laughs> and someone opens the, the door to the negative boat. But before that happens, Galactus comes to her. Demands an audience with Reed Richards. Reed says he'll go, and he flies away. He says, Galactus, you could have just, like, called. Uh, like, you just the surfer. Like, he had to scare all of Manhattan, my nigga. Like, what the fuck? And Galactus is like, I need to get you safe to his face. He says, why? Have you been paying attention to what the fuck's happening with your son? Well, before, not only that, but it's just like, yeah, can you also explain that dead Galactus? That's, uh, I no, no. Uh, it's brought to my attention. <laughs> right, right. Because yeah. there, there was that, I think, I want to say it was what? Like five eighty two. One of the issues ends with like Silver Surfer finding the dead Galactus body. Yeah, yeah. and you're kind of like, mm, that could mm, that could go. Ah, uh, yeah. Because the way the, the way that those are written, he's like somebody's killed a Galactus, and he is not happy. And you're just like, mm, that's not going to go over well. That's not great. And, and just so we know, that's that is the Galactus from I believe New World, right? That's the one that was that powering was New World Galactus. Yes. That was, that New, was their yeah. yeah. And Reed decided he powered to the time machine to bring them back. From the future to create a new world in Martin Lawrence's run, which no one really liked. Right. Which, and, by the way, tip of the cap to Mr. Hickman. Right. So, 
He gets glasses into the space far enough away from Earth. It's like, hey, look, bro. Yeah, dead meat. Big, big fucking problem. We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> what the fuck is happening with your son? And Rick's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, Yo, you are a dumb, smart motherfucker. Okay, look. Um, your son's a god again. Yeah, your yeah. son's creating worlds. <laughs> a little terrifying. Alex is like, are you sweating? Fuck you. So ask me questions. How about you get your son under control? <laughs> this is it was the quietest, like, PTA parent-teacher conference ever. It's like, uh, yeah, we need to have a talk about your son. You're, you, you well, know that is, that, no, we're talking about his son, and we're worried about fucking shit. Hold on, Gordon, you, you say, say what again? I was saying, and while we're worried about the, the power levels of Franklin, as we should be, Val broke in with goddamn bridge. Because you can't be trusted. Yeah, look, I, other people were like, Val's the best. Val's fine. And I like a precocious child as much as the next one. It's kind of adorable. But Val, like, a precocious child's like, oh no, that child put a fork in a light socket. That's annoying. Or the child would be hurt. This is like, Val let three evil reason to our reality. She broke like, it. She broke her it. breaking shit's a lot bigger and bigger. Three years old. To be to be fair, Reach would probably put better security on. She he tried. <laughs> he got to realize again when you when you don't realize you I guess when you don't realize your son's god powers are back, you also don't realize that your daughter is smarter you than you. Remember when she broke in? She's climbing through the vents and sees the laser grid and says, "Really, Dad? I wouldn't actually call it security. I've got to upgrade all this, or I'm not going to be able to sleep at night." Right? Like, fuck! <laughs> what a pretentious little child! God. What a dick! Ah, uh, yeah. So she released the three uh, reads that had the. Um, which I love the story. I can't remember what issue it is when we find out that one read that looks like um, uh, 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 Rasputin with the beard, and you end up find out his whole backstory. Got a little doom, a little doom in me. We'll talk about that later. But yes, um, well, apparently Hickman gave them all backstories like that. I can imagine. Did the, did we see the other two? No, no. He just he just like no. They've all got their own. It's like sometimes they mention them, but like okay. they've all got stories. So uh, I'll do it right now. So basically, you find out this one, this one uh, read is hit from his Earth. He was actually in the employ of um, Hitler. And so this is Earth where the Nazis won. The Nazis won, and um, he's uh, they're trying to figure out a way. I, I think he's try- I can't remember what he's trying to do. Uh, what 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 the experiment is? But he commissions people to help him figure out to solve this problem. One of them is a young Victor von Doom. And you think that he would be working with Victor Von Doom? And the, no, he decides that in order that what he needs is isn't to work with this young man, but to uh, kill him and take the piece of his brain and insert it into himself. Uh, they then go into the they go into the space. They get hit with the cosmic rays. They end up coming back with their powers. Uh, his powers, I think, are more along the lines of kind of like. I guess more along the lines of what they say that Reed can do anyway when he can stretch his brain. You never really see him use, you never really see him stretching his body, but he definitely stretches his brain to see everything. Um, Ben Grimm, who at that time was in a concentration camp and was a Jew, uh, because he is Jewish, um, uh, because he, so he's in the concentration camp with that. He gets hired, uh, he gets pulled out because he's a a pilot. He gets forced to pilot. Right, he gets forced to pull, he gets forced to pilot. Because even when he gets changed into his horrible looking creature, he's locked up. Uh, well, Sue and Johnny. Gets, gets telepathy. Yeah, oh, that's what it is. Tele- telepathy. 
Well, I guess part of it's stretching his brain because he also just right, right, yeah. Right. Um, and and I guess telepathy and is telekinesis because at that point that he does seems to unlock the chains. Like they never really come out and say what his powers are, but I think that was on purpose. Uh, the uh, Sue and um Sue and Johnny are just uh I think they're based they're just twins who are uh super into violence and they become fire <laughs> fire and ice um and what ends up happening is uh when they get back from their uh this that resets up sets up Hitler to die at the hands of of Ben at a Nuremberg rally and he takes over he takes over uh he gets a, he gets an infinity gauntlet he ends up having to fight off you see him fighting off the X-Men you see him fighting off Earth Mighty's heroes then he ends up like basically destroying his world yeah, he, uh, he, uh, he's, the, he's here because he figured out that getting everything he wanted wasn't a good thing. Right. And so he grows a beard, and now he looks like this, and you're like, wow, these other reeds really turned out evil. Well, even the thing is, like, that is it's, it's one example, because it's one of the three reeds we saw with an Infinity Gauntlet, but it's also a reed that dies during the Siege of the Mad Celestials. Yeah. So the three reeds that make it through, they never explicitly tell you the backstory, but this story tells you that every reed is just as different from our read as it could possibly be. Yes. And so while I've been talking about Reed and the, and the three arc and how he's in danger because of Galactus, again, he's not the real danger. <clears throat> ben and Johnny, Johnny, Ben takes the serum, Johnny takes with him. Oh my God, your face, it looks so horrible. Ben runs to the mirror and comes back pissed off. How dare you, Johnny? That was terrifying. No, no, no. And Johnny goes, Ben, look at the mirror again. And they have a week. Mm-hmm. There's one panel where it says dinner with old friends and it's Ben and Johnny with Stan and Jack. And you're like, I am not crying. It's just dusty in here. Yeah. Um, It's such a great, it's such a great issue and such a great moment for Ben, which is why I say fuck you to Hickman for the way he ends it. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a great, it's such a great issue because you're like, wow, man, Ben really had this week and it's so good. It's so good. And um, it's at this moment where the negative storm portal opens again. And the kids are in danger. And Ben and Johnny are heroes. And they grab, Ben grabs a gun and they're fighting off the bugs that are coming through. And uh, they knock out Leech and reveal that Franklin's got his powers back. Because that was the one what? thing they were doing. They were using Leech to control Franklin's power, which is why they always had Leech and Franklin partner up and bunking together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think he kept saying one time, he kept saying, hammer, hammer, something like that. And they couldn't figure out what it <laughs> was. was. like, what is he talking about? Right. I think, I think Valley, somebody doesn't knock him out. It's like, he's trying to tell you to, to knock him out so that Franklin can use his powers. It's <laughs> like, China's like, Franklin's got his back. And Val's like, you really haven't been paying attention. Right. You really haven't been. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. So, and, get, uh, yeah. and, 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 and they figure out that there's no way to close the door from our side. Gotta close from the uh, negative. Bentley tries to build a bomb because Bentley is the clone of the wizard. And Alex Power reminds you that he's got gross, creepier manipulation powers. And they decide that the only way to close the door is for someone to stay behind. And Ben volunteers, and Johnny says, Great. 
and throws him to the portal. He says, come on, I would never let you. And as the horde is approaching Johnny, Ben transforms into the thing again. And no sound can make its way through the door. And Ben's pounding on the, the force field. And, ben, and Johnny says, you don't wish it any more than I do. He closes the door. We basically get Johnny <laughs> versus uh, Horde. Yeah, it is. It is gut wrenching. It's gut wrenching, and this and this is all happening at the same time. Like, and you got to realize that the three arc, the, the the beauty of the three arc is that we're getting these three different stories, but they're all told concurrently, and they're all told with an immediate sense of danger and urgency. Mm-hmm. So that when the door closes behind Johnny, it hits you like a ton of fucking bricks. That this is the this is the Fantastic Four teammate that died. This is why the arc is three. Mm-hmm. Eventually, we'll see how Johnny went down, but we see him go down swinging, man. He goes Nova, tries to again, and then we get another example of why D. Palm says comics are art. That silent issue. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you, man. Like that one, whew, that one, it, to this day, it'll hit me because it's just like, what, how, what do you, but. <laughs> yeah, it's a silent issue that shows you every, basically everybody dealing with this and it's not pretty. I think that's the one where Reed opens the, 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 the blast doors to look into the negative zone and there's one of the, there's Nala sitting there. Denial is holding up Johnny's shirt. Yeah. And you find out what he said to him later. Mm-hmm. Well, the silence she just says I'm holding it. And you watch him get torn limb from limb and, and, and Ben watches. Yep. Oh God, John. And the silent issue is <clears throat> kind of a month of it's called a month of mourning. Mm-hmm. And you get to see it later on in the annual Johnny or uh Peter Parker dealing with uh Franklin, you see the words that happened there, and you get to see all just how how empty everyone feels after Johnny's gone. You see Reed unable to reach his wife. You see him threaten Annihilus, and Annihilus just shows him. It's like, hey, try it if you want to. We welcome it here. Either for the torch, you the ascendancy of Christopher Renard. Because part of what happened during Art Millar's run was for them to send New World to where it had to be, and he's part of Doom's brain to do so. So the Doom we've seen in this run has been diminished. Lesson. He recognizes that himself and appoints his son slash, again, fathers and sons, son slash clone what as is, the head of Latverian. Is Chris Christoph is not, is he his clone? So he's not. He's a Son is a child right. of Latveria. He was orphaned. He was adopted by Doom. But Doom also downloaded a, Copy a backup back. yeah. of his own consciousness. Right, 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 right. Yeah. That was I say. I was like, I remember those days from Doom. When we did our three-part Doom yeah. issue. Um, yeah. You're right. Now, you said everybody's torn up. But I would say there is one person who isn't torn up. And that was Doom. Because. <laughs> oh, we give any thoughts. But, like, the, the Future Foundation class. Oh, yeah. You know, when. Val erases the to-do list and just writes kill Annihilus. I'm like, yeah, yeah motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. And then you get Ben working out the best way he can by fighting two people who, let's just be really real here, 
would work his ass. Mm-hmm. Like Thor and Hulk. Nah, man. This may be therapy right now, but like we're pulling these punches. Right. And then you get to see something, you get to see Reed looking at the screen and the threats. Invasion from Negative Zone. High. Invasion from Universal Humans. High. Franklin Power Set. High. Celestial Invasion via Bridge. Medium. (laughs) I want to raise Uh, a little bit. Reformation of Council. Necessary. Mm -hmm. And then his dad shows up. Hello, son, I'm home. And the next issue is that, that cutaway where Johnny gets to tell him about, or excuse me, Peter gets to tell him about his uncle. Because mm-hmm. Franklin lost his uncle. And then we start um, Jonathan Hickman creating his own job. You know what Jonathan Hickman is? He's a job creator. Yeah, he is. He, he's definitely a job creator. He creates his own, uh, his own book, the FF, the Future Foundation. Which just, like, and it's so funny because it feels so right. Mm-hmm. The, you get, the, you get the, the goodbye message from Johnny. Mm-hmm. If you're watching this, guys. It means I'm dead, which sucks. But regardless, there are a couple things you guys should know. There are a hundred good reasons why the world, our friends, our kids. But you can't stop doing what we've been doing. You've got to push even harder than ever. Ignore how things are. Ignore how they seem. Make the world better. I hope you'll take my suggestion and give Peter my spot on the team. Frank would love it. And Spider-Man is like, after all, like the second best superhero ever. <laughs> right, because this whole thing where Franklin wanted a superhero to show for his birthday, and it was, it, and Johnny was like, "Of course it's me. Of course it's his favorite." Yeah, I'm just here. It's like, no, my favorite is actually Spider-Man. <laughs> Johnny just like son of a bitch. And then so the FF run, it starts with like them trying to keep the the mission going, doing what Johnny asks, but it's always tinged by this overwhelming sense of dread and fear and, and death. Mm-hmm. Um, they give Johnny, they give Peter's new suit. Uh, she was like, yeah, new suits, new everything. You're trying something new now. But then they eat down for, sit down for dinner and he sits in Johnny's seat. Mm-hmm. And you can't forget, like, there's no quips in battle. There's no, like, Ben won't speak to Peter. Yep. He blames himself. Which he, he did. Yeah, blamed himself for taking the serum. For, for giving himself that one moment, that, that, that one week of of being normal, you know? And now this series opens with Aang breaking in to break out the wizard. The previous series opened with them taking down the wizard. Mm-hmm. It's all one story. Yep, all one story. And Franklin Richards, and now Nathaniel Richards, excuse me, is now just living in the tower with his family. Mm-hmm. And, and they get Alex Power to say the prayer, dear God, or other similar Judeo-Christian messianic figure, or the ancient ones, or some weird evolutionary something or other, or random confluence of events that resulted in the perfect conditions for this life to flourish in this once barren vessel hunk of rock. We thank you for, <clears throat> oh, all right. Or Mephesto the devil or some other evil incarnate being. <laughs> Hell yes. We thank you for this wonderful thing you're in. <laughs> It's so, it's great. It's, it's, and it's them talking and it, it feels like family. It's, it's one of those things where like the echo book, I was so worried about because I, I thought, I knew the tone had to shift after Johnny died, mm-hmm. but I was obviously all in because John Lakeman. And like, you get this like very nice family moment where like the dads, like Nathaniel's bickering with, with Reed about finishing your plate and Franklin's comparing about complaining about the pattern or complaining about not being able to beat the video game because he doesn't want to see the pattern because it's not as much fun. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, Nathaniel and Val are like, hey, uh, there's something we need to talk about. Um, so when I was hurt, rage was I even worse? Sorry about that. Don't even worry about it. But that this, I know, I know, but we're going to need him. The others will look to you. They will see how you handle it. They'll need to see that you're fine with this. I'm not fine with this. I'm not fine at all. But if you're our surest best, I can accept it for now. I knew this was the best thing to do. Hey, you hear that, Uncle Doom? Welcome to the club. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And then, and then, yo, dude, this shit. Oh, we say it every time. Every time we have to bring this panel up because it's yo, it's just so. It's the meanest thing I've ever read. Is it true what I've heard, Benjamin? That when Johnny Storm died, valiantly facing an endless army, is it true that you, surrounded by crying children, weeping at the inevitable death of your close friend and comrade, is it true? Go figure. Is it true that you just watched? How very brave. Yo. Oh. <laughs> Such an asshole. But then Susan reminds everyone about who the real scariest person is. Right, right, right. And that's the other thing, too, that is in this whole thing. We don't talk about it enough, but what they do, what he does with Susan, he, he makes Susan not just a rock of, you know, and I guess a kind of a cliche they always had the mother being the rock of the, the family, but also showing that, um, yeah, Susan also a physical problem as well. And that if she really wanted to, she could literally kill everybody. Yo, <laughs> rocks get thrown. Right. <laughs> right. Not in the house. Because at one because at one point she she uh she basically backhands fucking Namor at one point. And Namor's oh, like during 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 the um when he after he kills the old Atlanteans. Right. He's like he's like, God, I love you. <laughs> it's, it's like you're like, Namor, you then now's the time, Namor. Now's the time. It's not no, no. He just pissed her off. Don't piss her off, <laughs> you know? And then, you know, she calms down everything, and everyone leaves. Don't push me, Victor. I can always do a little more damage up there. A couple of streets you place air bubbles in your brain, you'll be reduced to a drooling house pet. If you're good, maybe I'll feed you from the table. <laughs> you know, and it's such a cliche, you're right, that, that the woman and the wife and the mother is the rock of the family. But what I think Hickman did really, really well was he didn't just tell us that. He showed us. We, he, right. And, 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 and there's plenty of times here where you see that that Susan, she has her own agency in this, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it, it's, so. it's not just, she's not just playing the background. Like I said, she, we, we mentioned before when she's, she becomes the person that speaks for all mankind. That was the whole thing because everybody made it seem like it was going to, I think at one point Reed was going to step up and say they were arguing who was going to be. It was Susan. Susan spoke for all mankind. You know, it's, it was done very, very deliberately. And then she, when Namor kills the king of old Atlantis, she becomes basically the ruler of old Atlantis. She becomes the region of old Atlantis. Right. So it's like Susan throughout this entire time gets her own thing, which also kind of goes back to when Susan gets kind of pissed at Reed, not more than kind of, gets pissed at Reed during um, New Avengers. Like all of this comes yeah. to play, you know? So, yeah. Well, um, we say pissed at Reed. We'll see. Well, um, right, 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 right. Oh. And, oh, and I, I love how like they get started because the idea of future foundation is we're going to solve problems, and the first problem they're trying to solve is how do we fix Doom's brain? And Spider-Man, and eh, aside, you need to determine whether we're talking about a structural issue, actual physical damage, or a data issue. You know, is the brain biologically sound, or is it just now lacks larger chunks missing? Why is everyone looking like that? Right, unexpected. <laughs> Spider-Man also possesses an imp- formidable intellect. Yeah, impressive. Because nobody else knows. I mean, like you know. Reading them know, but nobody, none of the kids know that that's Peter. 
So, like, they don't know that he's also smart. To like, wait, the Spider-Man can actually is actually smart. What? Why is he here? Like, why is why is he? Wait, he he knows. Because that's another thing too. All these kids are smart as fuck. As fuck. Yeah, like, well, they saw, they saw them how to to make Ben a human in like an afternoon. Right, it was an afternoon thing. And then I love how after that, like Reed and Val figured out what they need to do, but they're trying to make Doom figure it out too. Yeah. Yeah. So we need a backup. Oh, but where were we? Oh, brilliant! How did I see it before? You know, Uncle Doom. Hmm? We need a backup. Hmm. A backup. Stop trying, Doom's patience, Uncle Doom. Kristoff. And like, it's it's one of those things where like, oh yeah, Doom's brain damage. Like, oh shit, Doom's brain damage. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. And you know, it's Doom and maybe they shouldn't, but at the same time, like, they could. And then you find out what the deal between Doom and Val was when he does get his when he does get his uh his his mental capacity back and he tells her it's like, Oh yeah, your daughter didn't tell you that we had a we had a deal. She helped me get my mental capacity back and I help her with her problem. What was her problem? How did it feed you? He's <laughs> such an asshole. Because again, I mean, and, and again, when that ends, you're like, because again, the way they end these issues too is just like, what? Defeat you? And you find out what he means is that's that's when it's revealed that Val went over into the bridge and brought back oh, the no. three evil. Yours, it's revealed to Reed. Well, we Reed, I'm sorry. Yeah, we knew, but it revealed to Reed. It's like, oh no, she means. So we basically they put together a council of all of Reed's uh, enemies to figure out how to beat Reed Richards. Well, even before that, while they're sitting there about to re-intelligence Doom, Reed gets pushed in the place where all the other Reeds have been. Transfer or purge. Transfer or purge. Mm-hmm. And he feels Peter staring at him. I don't think Peter would have judged him. No. Because Peter even said, tried. Peter's the one going, you know, should we even? It's Doom. Ethics, yeah, like, <laughs> ethics aside, can we? <laughs> right. Fires relit, science and magic rekindled, the chains of mere mortality broken. Doom is reborn. How to defeat you? <laughs> Shall we go on with it then? And you get the inverse of the, the recruitment scene for FF for the Fantastic or for the Future Foundation, as they're now, like you said, handing out invitations to the villains. And like the mad thinker, like trying to figure out was I invited or was I not invited? Or mm-hmm. uh, I love how like people who are on Reed's level are all broken at some place. Mm-hmm. Like being this smart breaks you. And again, the only thing that keeps this Reed together is his family. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, the other thing too, well, even, is, even like when they go to sorry, even when they go to ask, they strategically send Bentley to go see the Wizard. They send uh, the Dragon Man to go see Diablo because family matters. They send the Moloids to go see High Evolutionary because fathers and sons. And I'm just realizing that on like my fifth reread. Sorry. Yep. Like I, I'm literally realizing that as we're talking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, I can't remember what was the the so the, the the three reads. What were their what was their plan? Because they they're trying to take advantage of the current war that's going on between the four cities. I can't remember exactly what their plan was. I. <laughs> I honestly think it was um, to get back to the council. Ah, uh, that's what it was. You're right. They needed essential powers, and they didn't have enough juice, really, to pull it off at that point. So 
they're they're trying to do is get this, these three cities to fight to so open an aperture at the at the cross section of the four cities to let them back into the council. Mm-hmm. It would destroy this universe, but they said it was worth it. Oh, it, would, it would cost this Earth. That's what it was. I mean, it's just one Earth compared to everything else. It's just, look, and I love that when they bring together the, the people to bring down Reed Richards, who shows up with the fucking watcher because this is a very fantastic story. Right. It's like, um, so you get this big. The, you get the, between the war going on, the 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 read and I, the select, the Mesolosals haven't shown up yet. I don't believe. Mm-hmm. Um, right, correct. So then we're we're leading this leads us all the way back to Fantastic Four six hundred, which I mean it seems like it's only been thirteen issues since the death of Johnny Storm. But technically, it's been longer than that because you also have more issues than that because you also have the FF running around at the same time. So it's more like twenty six, right? It's, it's it's been no, no. Fantastic Four goes on hiatus until they bring back. They don't bring back uh, Johnny until if it doesn't pour, um, was it 800 or 900? I thought it was 600. 600, sorry, I'm just thinking. Yeah, he don't bring him back yeah. to 600, but I thought that, you're right, it F- does. No, I guess the four does not run. You're right, well, you're, right you're right, you're right, you're right, it's, it's FF, so they, you're just going through the story through FF at that point. Um, and, so, and, and so when they come out, so you get the, so when we saw the, the reeds escape the first time, the only, the only word balloons there was during the silent issue. Mm-hmm. And the only word during a silent period of a different issue, but it was like an exclamation point and a question mark. And here in this issue now, when that was explaining what happened, you get to she, you get to see what they actually said, gentlemen. Right now, there are worlds dying while we stand here trapped on this one. Look harder. Find me something I can use. Increasing variables, expanding search. Oh, now this is useful. A stable geothermal vent, which is the um, uh, high evolutionary city. Mm-hmm. An ascension engine, also in the uh, excuse me, stable geothermal vents is the uh, Atlantean city. An ascension engine, which is the um, high geo, which is high evolutionary city, correct? And the dormant dynamo under the blue area of the moon, all on a curved axis. And that's a uh, human city, curved axis that matches the harmonics of the negative zone, which is the fourth one. Saul's anvil. We haven't used that in three years. We crushed the beyonder from universe five two o two. Which, by the way, holy shit! I didn't realize that till now. They were crushing the white knights of the beyond. Yeah. They were fighting the fight. Okay. Wow. Yeah, they were fighting the fight before. Yeah. God damn it. Sorry, this is tied to <laughs> Avengers. Yeah, the later issues. Yeah, because. This is tied to Time Runs well, Out. Well, that's, well that's why I want to go back and read that entire new, new Avengers run now after having yeah, gone back and everything. <laughs> because it's like, it, like, some of that stuff just didn't make sense at the time. But now having read everything else, you're like, oh, this is literally has been one big story that Jonathan Hickman has been telling for years. Throwing things and in then there. You get the story, yeah. And they tell the story of how the three reeds ingratiate themselves with three of the cities. Mm-hmm. Well, two of the reeds. One of them gets uh, captured and murdered. Which, which, was it the, the Universal and Humans was like, fuck that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, we can hear you talk. <laughs> yeah. They, they're like, do you, there's like, yo, you're trying to use your powers on us? They, you can't do that here. <laughs> and they fucking murdered the fuck. Of course, it was a Nazi one. So I was like, eh, I was okay with that. And I don't think you'll find out he's a Nazi until afterwards. And then you're like, oh, you know what? I'm okay I thought Nazi one. I thought Nazi one was killed. This is no. just a bald one. That wasn't no the bald one with the beard, right? There's no beard. He has no beard. Oh, I thought that. Okay, never mind. I thought no, no, the Nazi one dies during the celestial siege. You're right. Okay. But this is just the th- other four Richards come through. They make deals with the negative zone. They make deals with the high evolutionary, and they make deals with the Atlanteans. They uh, 
fail in negotiations with the <laughs> Oh, you're right. It's the one that reminds me of like like Charles Xavier. Yeah, it's Xavier Reed. Okay. Yeah, Xavier Reed. <laughs> By the way, I definitely gave them names like that when I was reading the first Oh, no, 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 definitely, definitely, definitely. And I love how we've gone from the Council of Reed to the Council of Doom. Mm-hmm. And I love when, when Peter's getting the sandwich from Sue and they're out of the meeting. Let's see. I saw you up there show up in the Mad Thinker. I, I brought the light, wizard and his aim lieutenants. I saw Diablo and the High Evolutionary. Who could ever forget one Victor Von Doom? You know what they all have in common? What's that? Through the years, I've beaten all of every one of them over and over badly. So do you think I should be afraid of them or they should be afraid of me? Fair point. <laughs> I love how every time Val tries to apologize, Reed's like, would you stop lying? Right. You're not sorry. You're not. You're not. Don't act like the first thing you did wasn't trying to cover up your mistake. He said, tell me what happened. I figured that they would have expected me to do that, so I did the other thing. <laughs> Which is a lie in of itself, because even when they came through, like one, the, the Charles Xavier reads like, I would tell you to behave now, but you vows don't actually do that, do you? <laughs> right. None of you vows seem to have figured that one out. Which is just a wonderful way to look at it. Like, oh, same thing's universal concept. Val's going to be a dickhead. Uh, yeah, I, I was about to say the same thing. It's like, oh, another universal concept. Con- concept. <laughs> uh, here we go. Hmm. Hmm. So now they're trying to, to solve the, the, the Reed Richards problem. How do you stop Reed Richards? There really is an answer because... The guys are all like, even the villains are like, um, your biggest weakness is your family. Yeah, because they were like, you're, obviously it's his family, and they're like, yeah, these ones don't have families. Well, then we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, dude, I believe I like these reads. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then Reed explains it, and then they neuter each one of them, and then Diablo's like, well, then I think I like these reads. Right. And, and, and then they, but then they figure out what would we do if he was trapped? He's building a machine. And that's where they do it. They figure out Saul's hammer, which, by the way, is pretty fucking brilliant. That these three reads figured it out as they walk through, and these guys just sat down, like, well, what, if you were, no, once they know there are three or four reads out there trying to get back, they're like, what would you do? Oh, I build a machine. Funny thing is, Saul's hammer comes come up again in that new Avenger run, too, because they don't, yeah. Look, Look, I am like I. Oh, yeah. I don't, so, I uh, just so you guys know, next month we'll be doing New Avengers. Uh, after we do the, it's just me. Like honestly, I'm so glad. Like I've been listening to a lot of the last podcast on the left, and you see them get very excited about some of the crazy sci-fi things. You guys are so lucky that this is just a comic book. Otherwise, <laughs> I'd be screaming about Tom and Zach constantly, constantly. <laughs> like you know, how horrifying it is, and things. There is. Very real, not evidence. <laughs> evidence feels strong. I can make, I can sit here and, and yell for an hour about how these things are actually happening, how universes are collapsing, and how the worst things that happen in the world possibly are are coalescing in our universe, which is why Donald Trump is president. I'm not convinced today, but not not today, not today. But holy shit, time runs out. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, Saul's hammer. Oh, and just just for the record, oh. just just for the record, yeah, we're definitely not doing Lost Light. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the time. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, we good. Yeah, yeah, you know, we're doing that next week. Um, so yeah, they go to work to stop the reeds, and then we get the War of the Four Cities. Yep. Um, and it's um, it's going poorly. You know, that's a fair statement. Fair it's statement. going poorly. Um, but then somebody shows up. 
It's I a, cheered. I cheered, Chris. Is Johnny Storm opening opening the, the his side of the negative zone with the cosmic rod and a Nihilus on a fucking leash? Mega look. So part of the entire plan of the four cities of Saul's hand or Saul's handle was that they were going to open a giant portal in the negative zone and have the, the annihilation horde swarm the earth. And that was the part of the plan they had they couldn't really stop. Mm-hmm. They send Peter to go try to stop it, and it doesn't work. They got the kids with him, it doesn't work. And the door opens, and you figure it's the end of all things. And it's dickhead Johnny's car. What are you wearing? Right. <laughs> what are you? What, are, what do you have on? Like, what, are, Peter? What are you doing? What, what's what's this? And, and again, this is why I love what they gave Hickman so much time to do. Because here you've had you've had this giant war going on. Everything's going badly. The Avengers have gotten involved now. Like it's a big, big fucking deal. And then right at that moment when Johnny Storm shows up, you then get Hickman going. Whatever happened to Johnny Storm? And then you get the story of what happened to Johnny Storm after that portal closed and when he died. And this part is where telling the story is going to get hard. Because there's a very straightforward story of Johnny comes out, he brings the annihilation wave, he fights. Oh, yeah, the career back too. It's the whole thing. <laughs> so, first, just with Johnny, just with Johnny yeah, in the negative zone. Yeah. Just with Johnny yeah. in the negative zone. Find out, oh, he did die. But in the ne- negative zone, you don't really die. You go to I think one of the one of the other issues because they said this. It was a line that was in one of the earlier uh, beginning of this run, and I think it's one of the taglines they pulled out of uh, for the quotes on the issues. It was like um, the negative zone. It's like the negative zone is where you go to live. Oh, here you die in the negative zone. You can live. Mm-hmm. And what has happened is he gets killed, but they keep reviving him and putting him back together. And so they have him fighting in the in a basically in a coliseum and fighting and and you know when he dies they just bring him back to life. Chris, He's not alone. Chris, yeah, I know you guys are thinking pretty rough day, but all I, can, I know you're thinking I got a pretty rough day here in chains about to go to the coliseum. But all I can think of is at least I'm not on fire. What do you mean? <laughs> and they both go up and play. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's such an asshole. Yo, yeah, he's not, he's not, he's, Johnny, Johnny, uh, has not lost his sense of humor, even though he's going through all this stuff. At all. To um, fight to the end. And he's also not, he's also not alone, though. Because right. in cells near him are those light brigade members who got sent in a few, you know, several issues back to help kick off the war of the four cities. The light brigade is there. Same thing happened when they get killed. Who gets stitched back together and put back? Um, and so they come up with a plan to uh, break out and get the cosmic rod because that's what the analysis using to connect the uh, control the the rest of the horde that's in there. And uh, it's a it's a really good like little story. But again, it this is a story that happens in the middle of issue six hundred. Like you are in the middle of this giant war going on, and you take this detour to find out what happened with Johnny Storm. And how Johnny gets Johnny Johnny gets out. So Johnny um comes out of the negazone and um you know after you know giving a good ribbing to uh to uh Peter, tells Peter it's something he has to do first. He goes up and just a giant uh blazing four in the sky. 
and the rest of the team sees it and they just can't believe it. Like, Johnny's still alive. And, um, yeah. Helps basically turn the tide of war because he has his own armada now. <laughs> He's in control of the horde. And, um, yeah, literally turns the tide of war. And, like you said, this is where you also have the Kree and the whole thing with Crystal and, and, um, uh, uh, um, what was his name? God damn, what I forget. Um, oh, Ronin. Ronin? Ronin, yeah. Crystal and Ronin, you have the thing with the Inhumans. Like, it gets, it gets, a, a lot's happening. At a once. lot's happening. You know? Um, but it really all makes sense at this point. By the time, if it you all makes sense because point, they, they, Hickman takes the time to let these stories get told. There's an entire issue devoted to what, what the fuck's going on with the Inhumans. Yeah, and, and, and the Ronin, and Ronin, and uh, what, what is it, the, um, the, what was it, the supreme, intelligence? the supreme intelligence of the Kree and things like that, like, like you said, Way more right, mm-hmm. and I believe they tell those in FF, right? Mm-hmm. So those are all, so, so that's where that FF book, uh, it takes over, it becomes important because it tells, it's allowed to tell these little stories in here that will end up playing into bigger places when the Fantastic Four comes back. And, um, yeah. It's... Uh, but it's it's all, crazy, because yeah. the, the Richards that was out there, one of the Richards gets taken by the Kree and infected with the Supremor Seed. Mm-hmm. And now we've got double Supremor. Like, it's, it's... Yeah, it's all crazy. And... Basically, Johnny comes back to a world under siege by both these Richard, these Reed plans, but more importantly, the Kree have begun to invade Earth to wipe out what they deem to be the future destroyer, Black Bolt. And, uh, yeah. Now the playing field's level. Mm-hmm. Because Johnny came back. Johnny's a little older. Whole lot... I guess more, they write it a bit more seriously. He's still funny, but well, well, more, I think he's pretty, more seriously until you get that one issue with him and Peter, uh, Peter having to kick him out. Yeah, with the roommates. <laughs> with their roommates. <laughs> he's more serious until that issue. Then you're like, oh no, he got to go. <laughs> he's got to go. Because he was like, he had the universal, he had the light brigade over, and they were doing, like, it was, it, they, throwing a party. It was ridiculous. Well, you also got to remember, this is a point where also one of those reads captured our dude. Yes. It's, 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 so for the entire time, the War of the Four Cities felt like that was going to be the big event, and it wasn't. Because, again, because, so as we're going through all this stuff, you're, you're still trying to figure out what the big story is, right? Because, again, first we thought the story was, hey, get and read his father back. And then we thought, hey, the, the issue is dealing with the War of the Four Cities. You know, that was, what is the, what is the overarching enemy? What is the overarching thing? And then you're like, oh, there were those mad celestials. In the like the third issue, those though, that were like you said weren't there. Wasn't a lot of them. Didn't see a lot of them. Didn't really think about it. And even on the board that Richard brought up, they were what like medium. I don't even think they were a high threat. You know. And so after the War of the Four Cities, they recognize that the Kree are coming, and you understand that. The kids, quote unquote, are on a super secret side project and doomed and sent away. What you don't know is that uh, 
Val sending the kids after who? Mm-hmm. And she tries to lie. Do you honestly think I can't figure this out by looking around, Val? Field generators, I see heavy-duty conduit, navigation buoys to prevent shear, and you clearly patched in the integrated Herbie serve architecture. You want to explain to me why you're translocating the cover, expanding the translocator to cover the entire floor? Three, fours. Three, that's... <laughs> you can tell he's almost impressed. That's not even the point, Val. <laughs> A lot of people live here now, Dad. I want to make sure everyone can get away if something goes wrong. And that's the only reason? Maybe. Uh-huh, we'll finish this later. Make sure you get stay but south side. Got it. What did you and mom decide to do? Well, I decided to do what your mother said all, we should have done all along and call our friends. Cool, which ones? All of them. And then you're reminded that, yes, it's an FF story. And yes, it's a small story. And yes, it's fathers and sons, but it's also a Marvel Universe story. The three stolen two reads. The third read is with the Doom and the fourth read was murdered by the Inhumans. So now we're learning that the actual war, the actual big story here is creating a new supreme intelligence on Earth by using the two reads, which is in and of itself horrifying. Mm-hmm. And you're also going to get the, 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 uh, the annihilation wave. And you're thinking that these two things are coming together and it's going to be just this horrific, horrific moment. This is the end of the FF. And like you said, whatever happened to Johnny Storm? And that's how they open the second omnibus because you get the war between the Annihilation Wave and the Kree Armada, and it goes fine for a bit. I'd say Johnny's doing more than holding his own. He's moving the fighting upper atmosphere. Sue's able to help the, the heroes of Earth protect the people. You get the Kree sentries coming down and then fighting them. But you need a bigger gun. Because while this is all occurring, the door has been destabilized. These children have gone back through the door to try to use Doom to, I don't know what the plan was. Like, well, like, I, I know that, that Val had this knowledge in her brain that there were certain things that were going to happen. And she had to, which, and this is like, I always joke about catastrophe theory. This is kind of it, where it's all these things happening at once. The system, all the systems failing at once create critical system failure. But if you can stagger them just enough, if you can buy just enough time, and that's why she took the Future Foundation there, to help Doom buy enough time for the Matt Celestials to get here a little bit later. Well, that was, that was, that, that was the whole thing. Like, they, yeah. were, they were like, because uh, I, I wish I had the panel in front of me, but I think, it's, I think it's Nathaniel Richards says, some of these things are constant, you know? Reed always creates the door. These, uh, I want to say, Val always finds the door open. You always find the door, open it up, and let the reeds in. Like these things always happen. These things don't change. But if we can find some way, and it was like, if you can delay them for like five seconds, it gives us the, the, the moments and times we need to, to change the tide of this war. And so that's basically what they, she goes to help, you know, rescue Doom, but it, because that, that's, that was a real goal for Doom, right? It wasn't, you know, to help defeat her dad or anything like that is because she all hope does lie in, lie in Doom. Doom is the only one that can hold the Celestials at bay for that long. Mm-hmm. That was it. Like, they needed, he basically tells her, it's like, how much time do you need? 
But because she's her, she's like, if you survive, I left you a prize. Of course. Of course. Left you something. You'll like it. And he says, if I survive, thou I am doomed. <laughs> and he buys them the time they need because the, the mad slushels were always coming. Mm-hmm. Because the Kree were always going to overwhelm the Annihilation Wave. But he had to buy time for certain people to get back. Yeah. I love, I love you get my favorite, one of my favorite moments of all comic books to me, my Galactus. Oh, we'll get to that, I want to I hit that, that Doom panel. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm trying, to see, I'm trying to see how much time they needed. I'm trying to see if I can find the panel where they say actually how much time he needs, and I don't see it. But um, I'm trying to pull it. Yeah, try to see if you can find that. I want to read that one where she's talking to Doom, though. It is great. It's like, foolish child, you're worried? You think this could be the end of me? Yes. Do not worry, Valeria. I will not die. I know it. I am doomed. Destroyer of worlds. What gods dare stand against me? You know, I am a foolish and prideful. And then it is him later on standing in front of the Celestials. I am a foolish and prideful man. Perhaps this is the day I pay too high a price for it. And the Celestial says, the bridge, the portal, gate, wavers. Move yourself, uh, move yourself, man thing. Annoyance. No. I am doomed. The damn. Do your worst. I will remain unmoved. Yep. And he does it. He, yeah. he holds them at bay long enough to delay their arrival. And that's when you, you get, you know, that great moment. <laughs> and you, but then before that, you find out that earlier Reed had met with Galactus. And said yes. Says, <laughs> but you and you can see how just how crazy the time travel this sh- episode or this issue is. Like you humans feel the shifting of the wind. I sense when worlds rotate from seasons of life to seasons of death. Very soon your world is going to be broken. I cannot let that happen. When the time comes, you are to use the device. Read the Ark will summon me. What I thought, we all thought, if the Earth is destroyed, then in the future you would not be. What has changed? There is indeed a galactic seed on Earth. The Asgardians have hit have it. And they hit it in the world tree before I can destroy it. If the earth is destroyed, it releases its anchor to the tree, and the seed will tumble across place to p- space time to places less accessible. Until it's retrieved from the Asgardians, I cannot allow the seed to grow to beyond my reach. I was there at the birth of all things, the only survivor at the end of the previous universe. There's boundless purpose, there's boundless purpose behind what I do, a structure must be maintained. Death and birth. Death, birth. The seed is a celestial mistake, an aberration. Eternity seeking is correct something that should that is not flawed. If born, whatever it is will seek to replace me. This must not happen. <laughs> I, which, when you tie it to stuff that happens later on, you're like, wait a second. Wait a second. But you get inner space in the EFF issues. You kind of get uh, old Franklin teaching young Franklin how to use his powers. Mm-hmm. And we kind of got to see how they would come into use, like you said, in the, the war against the Celestials. Because, say what you will, Doom can stop them. Franklin can stop them too. And they recognize that. Like, I love when they de- like designate God. Like, they don't know what he is. They're like, I don't know how to fight this thing because it's scary. Mm-hmm. Your kid makes Celestials nervous, Reed. <laughs> like, maybe we should have a conversation. <sighs> but it eventually comes down to Galactus taking on Celestials. And it goes well for a second. 
of Galactus Falls. And after Sue holds the shield to defend against Celestial Black, like, so much comes into play. And it all pays off. And, and it culminates. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. And it culminates with old Franklin taking young Franklin's power and reviving Galactus. Yeah, because basically what happens is, you, you, I heard the panels, it's, it's Nathan talking to, to Reed, and he's explaining what's really happening. You finally get the explanation of everything we've seen happening in the background. You finally get this explanation as you have Franklin Richard taking on uh, the Celestials. And it says, because um, Reed asks, can he win? He's like, no, but hold, hold, Franklin will find a way. He'll find one because he has to. He says, why? I've seen hundreds of iterations of this day. We lived it countless times. I've interacted, I've manipulated, I've done everything I could to produce a new outcome. My every effort has failed. You see, son, this was the day all your sins caught up to you. It's the day you died. But Franklin figured it out. And he won't have it. He, won't, he wouldn't stand for it. Every boy deserves a father. How did it come to this? How did all this happen? You walked through the bridge. So if he had... No, there are universal constants. This is the universal constant one. There are universal constants, things that always happen. You always walk through the bridge. You always meet the council. You always meet all those yous. With them, you always build suns and save universes. With them, you always wake the mad space gods, and they always destroy the council. I always helplessly watch as, watch as even though you, were, you walked away, you always paid the price for being part of it. I watch, and there's nothing I can do. But that's how it is for, for any parent. I love this one here. That's how it is for any parent, isn't it? You do everything you can. You do your best. Then one day you're finished, and your children have simply become who they are or going to be. This is for, in the, in the background, this is where you see the images of, of Franklin basically having that dead Galactus rise. Um, this is who your son will be. This is who he is. Throughout all the space and time, the devourer worlds have had many heralds. Franklin has held only one. This is where you get the rise to me, my Galactus moment. And it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a, it, this is just such a good thing. Yeah. It's to me, my Galactus. It's, it's, and it's, you know what also it is? It's Galactus not wanting to be alone at the end of the universe. Mm-hmm. And now he never will be again. Like, it's, I don't know, man. It's, this story is so beautiful on so many levels. It makes me appreciate the relationship I have with my father a lot more. Like, it's, it's, and, 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 and you find it, it, even the Franklin story, if you don't know the power that's inside you, he's fighting space gods. And they say to him, reality, distortion, universal shaper, consciousness is the key, attack, disable, cripple, it's mine. So, this is your fate, eventuality. I don't know what that means. If you want, desire, wish it, you'll live forever. If you want, desire, wish it, you will see everyone you love die, perish, cease to be. You're trying to trick me. They will all hate, despise, loathe you for it. They will all hate, despise, loathe you, and you will be forever alone, returning in isolation. And that's how they disable this powerful kid. Mm -hmm. By telling him he's going to be alone. And the entire story, the entire, everything that happens until the fall of these mad celestials is telling you you won't. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful and wonderful and powerfully told. And can we now, with the last 15 minutes we've got, can we talk about everything that happens afterwards? Yes. Because 
I was so funny. I was reading an interview about some of the issues that come after the big story, and he talked about the Black Panther when he says, you realize that they made, um, basically made T'Challa the king of a super secret science city, so that could not be more down my alley. Right. <laughs> like, oh, God, you're right. And then there's that one. There is the story of Billy Whitman finally, like, kicking himself in the balls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Then you see, you see, you watch him set up these things like AIM becomes a sovereign nation, which plays off in his Avengers run. Yep. You get you get Johnny and Peter in the worst roommate story of all time. <laughs> so bad. Because Johnny fucked MJ, right? Did he? Right? Like, it, feel, it feels like it, some of the dialogue. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I know. You know yeah, 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 yeah. He makes it was like, what? What's going on? And he's just like, on, <laughs> such an asshole. <laughs> such an asshole. Oh, God. But what it really does is when he sees a Nala sitting on the fucking toilet, like, and Johnny's like, you're right. Nope. This is probably the line. I got to go. You know, when he's like, note to self, kill Johnny's, ask him to leave. Ask him to do his things. Evict Johnny Storm. Kill Johnny Storm. Hide body. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So good. So good. You get the return of Doom. You get the closest to Doom saying thank you to Reed. <laughs> Like that's like the return. Like you, you almost get to see humble doom for like a split second. It passes. I was a god. Day. I was a god. I found it beneath me. Dickhead. Just a dickhead. <laughs> Not be like I was wrong. I probably shouldn't abuse those people I created so they wouldn't have turned on me. Nope. None of that shit. I was a god. I found it beneath me. Of course you did. Um. Yeah, but like you said, the the way this stuff ends, it ends with setting it. Setting you up for this larger story that later gets told that literally redefines the Marvel the Marvel universe, and even to the day, you're still dealing with the repercussions from that. Um, this is just a really good story. Um, and oh man, yeah, yeah. It it as somebody who read it bits and pieces at a time, you got to read it from the beginning and go through the whole thing. You can't. You can't just do bits and pieces. You got to do the whole thing from the beginning. And we'll um, make sure in the show notes that we include all of the reading order because it is a specific reading order you have to have well, for this. And that's, the, and that's the beauty of it all. I went out and maybe bought the omnibuses. Mm, yeah. There's a two volume omnibus that collects everything. It collects the fear itself stuff. It collects the, um, the dark rain stuff. It's, it's, it's soup to nuts. I, would, I, 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 I really wish they would put the omnibuses on. Um, Marvel Unlimited, it makes it so much easier. Yeah, but like I get it. Oh, I get no, I get it. I get it too. I get, I get it. Why? I get why not. But um, but like for me, like I don't own many physical comics in these days. I don't go out and buy many physical comics. This is one of them. Yeah, this is the, I bought these because I was like, that's that's a story. God damn it! Like that's a concern. And I'm probably as as you and I get further into it because I did reread Time Runs Out, mm-hmm. which just gets better every time I read it. Um, yeah, it's. Doug, they sent Hank Pym at the end of the multiverse. Like, go find us what's happening, buddy. And then brought him back. I, uh, such a brilliant thing. I, I'm, I'm really excited to go and do that next. Like I said, we'll do that next. And like I said, maybe we'll do that. Ne- do you want to do, so for the next one, do you want to do, because I feel like in this, I think every summer we'll do something like this. We'll do outside of the main, um, just regular character corner stuff. We'll do these little mini comic book club slash like creator character corner. Because to me, this is, this is really about Hickman and Hickman's mind and what he did. Do you want to do Time Runs Out next with Secret Warriors, or do you want to take a step back and go back to S.H.I.E.L.D. and Secret Warriors first? 
Let's just show them Secret Wars and we'll end it. Let's show the beginning okay. before we end it. Right, and cool. by the way, um, the last podcast on the left, whenever we do our, our Morrison month, I apologize to no one. <laughs> I'll be the weirdest shit. Yeah, we, I, I think we're probably, we should do Morrison. Morrison. Yeah, this is Morrison's Morrison fault because yeah. the occult and alien abductions and all the crazy shit that, that is behind his work. Yeah, let's okay. Let's set up. Let's let's. let's what we'll do the next two one will be uh. So it'll be secret secret warrior. I mean secret warriors and shield. We got to throw the shield one in there, and then after that we'll do uh the time ride runs out stuff. The Avengers, New Avengers, and you might as well just go ahead and do do secret wars in there as well because it all ties together. And then uh, so that'll put us into September. We'll do Morrison. September will be Morrison month. Ooh. Yeah, because that way we can give. We'll be a couple episodes. We'll we'll be able to dig into all kind of stuff with that. So they give him some time to go and start researching that. So, um, yeah, we didn't need the entire time for uh, <laughs> we didn't yeah. need the entire two we'll hours for. No, we'll be back. So no, seriously. So we'll we'll have our comic book club when I come back from San Diego Comic Con. We'll do a lost light. There's still plenty of premium stuff coming out there for premium members that we already have. Shit, one of them will be recorded right after this. Um, so you guys still have plenty of premium stuff coming out, but we'll delay our lost light one. Until um, after I get the weekend, I get back from uh, San Diego Comic Con. That'll be another fun one to do because, uh, like I said, it was, you might just finish the whole series then because I, I know I, they've got through eighteen now. That's what I want to say. We'll, we'll at least catch up at least to whatever yeah. they have out. We'll we'll do that, and that'll be what we do on the next thing. Because, like I said, that's another one that I could talk about forever. Because I could say I've been reading it and rereading it, and like I've I've now gotten the understanding of Transformer stuff now, and so now I see it kind of like what hit me like, oh, that's important. I should. <laughs> okay. 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 Like there was at the, the end of volume one where you have, when you have a uh, Megatron here in the, the, the transmission to roller, I was like, you guys are going to end it right there. Okay. <laughs> You're not getting me. Uh, no, no, I know. Okay. 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 All right. I, no, I see this. I see this. And then when roller shows, I'm like, okay. Okay. See, I'll see what you're doing here. See what you're doing here. All right. All right. Okay. Um, man, that was fun. I love this stuff. So, again, folks, thank you guys very much for listening. Let us know what you guys think. Uh, again, uh, Hickman Month, unofficial Hickman Month is July and August for us. So, um, but I, I love this stuff. Again, you can find all of these issues on Marvel Unlimited, um, and we'll, we'll make sure uh, we'll have the. I'll have a full out writing list, but like like T Pom said, I also put out the Amazon links to the omnibuses. So if you can get those, because like I said, it's it's worth it. I mean. Towards the end of this stuff, I think we kind of went through a little bit fast, but I think we've covered it before with the Doom stuff. So definitely, I think definitely, if you want to get prepared for this, the rest of this, and then what we're going to talk about when we talk about that Time Runs Out stuff, definitely get that Doom Part 3. Doom Part yeah. 3 will definitely cover a lot of this, and we'll be overlapping a lot of that stuff. Because again, it, Hickman just took a lot of time to tell a, a, a doom and a doom and Reed Richard story. And it's fucking fantastic. So, um, again, folks, make sure you guys subscribe character corner on iTunes, Stitcher radio. You can also go to character corner. MTR network.net. See us there. And, uh, if you listen to this, by this point, I am going to be in San Diego comic con at San Diego comic con with, uh, uh, phenom and Shanna. So, uh, make sure you guys subscribe to us. Uh, follow us on MTR network.net. Um, also follow us on YouTube and Instagram. We'll have a lot of stuff coming out, a lot of good coverage coming. So, um, just stay tuned folks. Again, till next time we're out of here. Peace. Peace.